uh i guess we're live all right what's going on everybody cali death podcast <laughs> i'm here with uh dennis rondom from swan of possession uh we're just getting warmed up this is a super last minute fun thing that we're doing it's kind of a special thing today uh, we're doing an album review for the 10 year anniversary of incurso the legendary album by spawn of possession uh we are super stoked to have dennis back on the podcast we love dennis what's up my homie thanks man thank you so much for that introduction man uh it's great to be back uh funny how this got scrambled within an hour or something but you know yeah it happens <laughs> yeah we were uh talking about doing like, like a review for your you know 10 year anniversary and yeah. uh we, we we basically started about a, an hour and a half ago and we're like hey let's just go live and talk about it and do it that way and stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. so we got some of the guys coming on here we're just getting started to you know be on time with the live stream and all that so yeah but uh yeah man how's it going over there it's uh is it nine o'clock over in sweden yeah cool noon here yeah yeah oh yeah yeah, I can. Well, to start it off, I can mention a, a couple of small things that that's going on, uh, not necessarily with Spawn, but totally related. Um, just like fucking a half an hour ago, uh, Rob sent me. Uh, well, he sent me a little early, but I listened to a mix for. The, if you remember, we talked last time about this begotten thing that yeah, I did, yeah. uh, Henrik and stuff. So sure. yeah. uh, immediately after the last podcast, I got like totally boosted when I talked to you guys about it. So I was like, there was a lot of things yeah. that have happened since the last podcast that I want to talk to you about also, you know, maybe, maybe we'll do it today or some other time, but nice. Um, yeah. Rob sent me this really nice uh, mix a few, you know, small details that we, I was like, I'm really busy, bro. I, like there's so much going on and he was totally cool about that. So, so, so dude. yeah, I think he's listening in. So what's up, Rob? Uh, but Hey, that's another guy. There's the professor. He's on now. <laughs> hey man. What's up? Hold on. <laughs> Joseph came down, uh, last night for my birthday party. Shindig at my friend's brewery. And, uh, he came down from orange County and he brought a couple of the guys from his band dreamer and Christopher Beatty, who did our intro song and everything and stuff. And, uh, I, I hadn't met them before and everything. So they came down and uh, we did like a kind of a just hangout jam session, just, you know, and stuff. And they played a few songs and stuff. And yeah. it, it was sick. Oh, <laughs> it's really cool. good. I got some footage. I'm going to post a little bit if they yeah, yeah. allow me to. But yeah. Um, yeah, that guy's a crazy yeah. guitar player, dude. Christopher. Oh, Beatty, dude. He's an insane guitar player, dude. I was oh, like, really? oh, yeah, dude, just really cool shit like these riffs with like you know hands going over each other and da -da 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 tap you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that tapping <laughs> stuff is really cool so um, yeah <laughs> yo what's up hey what's up? hey joseph can we hear you is that austin what's up oh wait sorry it's dennis, dennis. what's up dennis yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey man um, I'm trying to get audio into my headphones, but it's only coming out of my phone speakers. Ah, uh, yeah. I think so you can adjust that. But um, if you go to the audio settings, you can do the the output should be. But yeah, let's see. If you go into the bottom settings, then you know, only see a mic option. Oh, there's no speaker option. Change yeah. output. Huh. Crazy man. Everything else is coming out of my headphones except this stream yard but anyway i can make it work so yeah, yeah man uh what's that 
Yeah, it's all good, man. It's I'm, I'm super happy that you joined in. Can you go the other way? Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, sweet. So yeah, man, we're just getting started here, everybody. We're uh impromptu kind of podcast here. We are basically um I've been talking to Dennis lately about doing it like an album review for his 10 year anniversary with Incurso for Spawn of Possession. And we were thinking of different ways to do it. And we're like, why don't we just do it like as a podcast, you know? And we've kind of been talking about doing like album reviews for a while, um, just as like extra stuff and content. And so this is a perfect way to start. I mean, it's like one of our favorite bands and, you know, and, uh, and so then I was even more excited to just, why don't we just bring Dennis on? Like it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. So, and people can ask questions about it and uh, we can listen to some stuff from it too. We got the album pulled up and everything. So, um, so yeah, what do you guys think? Do you want to listen to like the beginning of it a little bit and kind of as like a tribute or maybe the first whatever you guys want to do? Put it on. Yeah, I kind of want to get the mood going here. So we're gonna listen to. Hey, we got some people coming on. Nice. Um, we're gonna start off. We're gonna put on uh, maybe the first song, and then um, if you feel like saying anything, Dennis, I can turn the volume down and stuff too. You know. Mm, but cool. Let's, uh, let's get it going. Kind of start off. We got some questions already coming. Nice. So I'm gonna get this audio here. Make sure I'm doing this right. Make sure I'm doing this. Yeah, I can say a couple of things about this. Cool, man. Yeah, I'll turn it down a little bit. Yeah. How's that? Uh... Well, first of all, it was, it was one one of those bits for me personally that it kind of took me a while to get into. And now it's like probably one of my favorite tracks on the whole album, this ah, whole thing. Because yeah. it, you know, it sets up the rest of the album so well. And it has like, uh, uh, there's, a, there's some sort of mood when it starts rolling with the, with the double bass issue. Right. Uh, that thing is just, uh, it has so much anxiety in it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's really moody, you know. But I was gonna say, um, um, the uh, the drum parts on this uh, is kind of interesting because uh, the other songs that we uh, that when we recorded them, um, Jonas had done like uh, you know pre-production stuff, and he had basically mapped out the drums and designed some beats and stuff, and we. Mm -hmm were like and he was basically just just if you can improve it improve it you know for the record yeah. and we did like we changed it uh, not changed it, like the basic uh drum drummings but added a lot of shit you know basically right right but for this track i think this was the last thing that henrik recorded i think it was the last thing and it was we had forgotten it. and we were mm -hmm. totally going over the board um uh, in terms of schedule so right, right. no time to sort of like, can we do something with this? So those drums in the intro, I'm pretty sure, are exactly the way Jonas wrote them. Oh wow! Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he just he just took the already finished that all the weird kind of sort of splashes without a kick drum and all those stuff. Like just right, right. The way he wrote it, more or less straight up, you know. So that was pretty cool, you know. It sounds good as it is, man. It's really cool. Oh, we got Alex oh. on here. What's up? On my face. What's up, man? Hey, How's man. What's up? <laughs> uh, you know, living the dream. We get framed up here. What's going on? Nice. What's up, buddy? Oh, uh, you know, just uh, living, doing tours and shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good nice, to man. Be <laughs> huh? 
Is that good to meet you, Dennis? Fuck. Oh, yeah. Same to you, man. It's nice. We'll come back to that in a sec. Yeah. We were just listening to that intro song. We were talking about that. Um, nice, dude. So we got uh, Alex Basie here uh, as a guest uh, host here. Um, he is in Odious Mortem and also from his band, you know, Ominous Rune. We had them on uh, last year, I think it was. And uh, we've been friends ever since. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So Anthony couldn't make it. Joel's just in the chat right now. Joel couldn't make it either. Um, but he um, says, if you can read that. <laughs> and uh out of town love you dennis and uh yeah man so we are having an you know last minute fun just album review party here not so now we got the professor we got alex yeah alex i think is there a way to you can turn on the the like 721 i think it's like coming 720 on the camera yeah i think it, it, it the default's like lower so if you go to like uh yeah the settings i think 720 is selected <laughs> oh it is okay i think it's looking better now i think we're just getting going cool guys well, how's it going so we're all here now What's up? <laughs> yeah, what up, dude? Nice. So we were just, you. yeah, fuck yeah, guys. Um, we were just uh, listening to the intro track, you know, from Incurso. Uh, um, how do you say that? Ab abodement? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about the drums, um, how um, Jonas wrote those pretty much exactly as they were recorded. Yeah, he like I said, like he wrote like drums for all the tracks. So mm -hmm. I think also so that he when he was practicing the riffs and stuff, he had something to play along. And uh, I mean, right. Jonas is a is a you know very masterful writer in in you know on his own. So he he understands a lot of the drums. But when when there was some stuff when when Henry's gonna play it, it was you know it was obvious that it wasn't written by a drummer. If you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And uh, and pretty, I mean, this is pretty common these days that guitar players write the drum tracks and drummers right. go in and do it. And some drummers are super comfortable doing that. I mean, I have I, I know drummers that actually prefer that, whereas yeah. I was so inspired when I was drumming. I was like, no, that, that's that's my job. Like, I'll I'll do the drums. And I mean, you could do requests like you play that beat or whatever. But um, yeah. So this was kind of a collaboration, a different different way for this. It's different from the other records that way. But but he was like, dudes, if you can like make it better, bigger, whatever it needs. So we we went nuts. Like when I say we, I mean Henry played the whole thing, yeah. you know. And and I was just throwing ideas at him, like, hey man, do this, do that, whatever. And yeah, but that like I said, like abodement was um, we were so behind in schedule and we were so fried. Like Henry was oh, a yeah. mess, so he was like, "I'm not. We're don't change anything. I'm just gonna play it the way <laughs> we the the pre stuff is." So that's uh, yeah, and I yeah. think those drums worked beautifully for that uh, that intro track. So it was yeah, dude, different. I think a cool mix of that is rad, actually, too. You know, like I think, I mean, because you know, from decrepit birth, like obviously Matt. Uh, well, I don't know. If obviously, I mean people know this but he he writes all the drums for all the songs you know yeah. um but he would like let me change stuff and i'm not sure how i'm actually i know he he same with tim um but like on in time begins and stuff and like i i remember learning a lot of those things and just being like well that part like these weird little things that i was like i would have never written that or thought of that but i love it like it's so it's like trippy and so it's almost like on that intro like how the snare goes and do god dude how the snare beat is in that in that intro song it kind of reminds me of that like it's like how like it gets somebody else would think and i think as a drummer as long as you're thinking like oh that's cool like i i see what i'm doing there like 
it's really useful too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes drummers can get into like a box also, you know. Oh, totally. And they're just totally. like kind of playing that same groove, and then it's like to kind of cool yeah. to like, oh, weird. You go, okay, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But, yeah. but yeah, man. <laughs> um. So uh. So you guys were so this was released in 2012, right? Obviously, tw- ten years. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that would be yeah if my math serves me right. And uh, yeah. um. So did you guys record it like? that year or like in 2011 or how was the recording process on that i know we touched on it a while back but honestly i i couldn't check into this but i didn't have much time before the podcast uh i'm not sure really when we started recording this thing but it went pretty quick i mean it was this when was this released in march 2012 yeah yeah i think it was like the 13th or 14th yeah yeah so that means we recorded in the summer no 2011 we recorded in the summer Usually it's yeah yeah that makes yeah sense. yeah that's right totally. we started we actually I think we started in the spring with the drums mm-hmm. and we went over schedule so I'm gonna give you a little trivia we went over schedule with the drums I've never I don't think anybody has talked about this we went over schedule there was a few songs that um, that we uh, we had to pause the entire recording the the, the drum session actually. Because uh, the producer was having uh, his, maybe his vacation, or maybe there was another band coming in just for a week and doing something that was planned. So we had to, we took the drum kit and broke it down in big chunks and took pictures of the entire thing with all the mics, all the setups. Um, he took like pictures of, of his board, made notes. We like did this whole thing and we put everything in storage in the studio and came back after a week or two weeks or something, set it all up again with the, the, the mics, the same mics at the same spots, like did the whole thing over again. It was a lot of microphones on that drum kit. I remember it was pretty big. And uh, and tried to recreate the sound that we had on the other songs. Uh, but when I listen to the record, I can totally hear because the snare drum it was just impossible because obviously it's wood Interesting. and organic and you know the heads kind of you know what i mean when you yeah dude so we, we did our best like really like, we sat for almost a day trying to recreate it but there's uh there's some tracks on there that the drums are if you know it you will totally hear it it's like well it's, it's it has a totally different ring to it but wow. so far i haven't heard anybody comment on it so and it's, I don't I've see never that. heard that. Yeah. This happens Amazing. all the time, you know, but it's just kind of a fun thing. So there's a couple of tracks on there with, with slightly different uh, drum sound, actually. <laughs> that's cool. I didn't hear it. That's, I was gonna say, that's crazy because it's like, uh, that's kind of what I hold to like the standard of, of drum sounds, honestly, that album, because everything sounds so real and natural, but uh, like still brutal and aggressive. That I oh, think cool. That's still yeah. what I try to go for in some of our mixes, obviously, but. I would have never guessed that you would have had to do that. Not it sounds exactly. Yeah, you yeah, see, yeah. like, uh, but then again, I mean, there, there's there's records. I remember years and years ago. I remember uh, we were listening to, I think it was Dismember, and this is like early '90s or something. They had a new album out, and we we thought it was so funny because you could hear that they put on brand new strings, and you could hear between the songs how the strings started to lose the tone but i guess they couldn't afford new strings it's kind oh, of some, some bands i forget what this this is a super example of like the vocals 
like in the, from the first tracks, it's like so brutal and so aggressive. You could hear it sort of starts to fade. So by the end, because I guess they were recorded the way it would be, the songs would be released. So right. by the by the end, they sound like a like a crow dying or something. <laughs> you know, if you compare it, it's yeah. But that's that's fun. But that's what's fun about it too, man. Yeah, it's unique <laughs> studio magic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just play with dead strings the entire time. We're really yeah. <laughs> and then never change. We're <laughs> getting some comments, and can you see that, Dennis? Uh, I think it's mean? it's a little small on your phone, right? No, it's okay. You can read it because there's some really cool comments coming, and people are stoked. Everyone's saying hi. Oh, thank you, Justin. That's awesome. Yeah, Justin's the homie. He's uh come out to see me play last year, and uh, he just sent me some riffs he wrote. He's a fucking awesome guitarist. So what up, Justin? Good to see you, man. Yeah. And um, yeah, he talks about the orchestral elements. Uh, definitely, I think they're most obvious on the final song, Apparition. And that was going to be one of the things I brought up uh, today. Um, I feel like that inspired an, an entire new wave of tech def bands to do what you guys were doing on that track and, and explore that area, that territory. It's it's so bizarre. I'm, uh, I'm going to be very honest about that because... I just remember uh, I heard like Jonas had put it in. in um, um, he had he had written all the orchestral bits and everything. And um, at the time, I thought it was a super cool idea. And uh, I'm sure we talked about like doing a whole album like that at the time. But I, I in my mind, it was like I didn't look at it like it was a new thing. Not that I knew other bands that did it. It's just like someone thought about this before. You know, I was like, yeah, whatever, like Yngwie play with a symphony. It's like, but it works for Spawn and I'm super happy about it. And, and it's going to be cool. And I can tell you, like, I remember when the song was was uh, recorded and we actually took, um, Jonas had all the files, he had written everything. And he said, we, we decided to send him to like a real professional um a dude here in Sweden who writes for television and I think movies and commercials and stuff like orchestral things. And he took that thing and, and mixed it without the death mode stuff, just the classical stuff. I think as far as I remember it, the, the, but he, but the thing he said was, you are not going to get any separate files back. You're going to get it in like one big piece. And that was scary because that meant that when we were going to mix it into the music, we couldn't like, oh, get the you know horns up here and the, the violin down or whatever it was. We couldn't do anything with it. Once it was said, it was locked in. We had to go with that mix because if you wanted to raise that that orchestral part of anything, you would have to raise everything. You couldn't just do an individual thing once it was mixed down to one file. So that was a scary moment when we got it. So we sat in the studio and I just remember uh, he was like, he put it on just in just with just the orchestral stuff, like in the studio speakers, like really loud. And I just remember again one of those moments, like the hair was standing up on my back, it was like whoa. And we were just smiling. This is insane. So here's the scary thing: we got now we got to put it together with the song. And I just remember it worked beautifully. I was so like impressed, and Jonas, everybody was just happy, like whoa, this this really works. Because we were scared, like, oh man, if we have. I mean, I'm sure we tweaked it a little bit. The producer worked on a little bit here and there. I'm sure he did, but 
but overall it, it worked. And then of course, when the album got out, that was the song that got the most attention almost immediately. Everybody started talking about a, that orchestral stuff, but we didn't really like talk very much about it. It was like Jonas wrote it and, and let's do it. It's, it sounds killer. And that was basically like a, a song like any, any else, anyone else, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the influence is really obvious on like California tech death bands. I think Inanimate Existence really started putting orchestral stuff in the next one that came out after that. And then the band Symbolic has been doing a lot of that as well lately. So I, I can point to like particular albums by particular wow. bands where it's really just taking kind of the apparition concept and pushing it. And um, I'll even say it's gotten to the point where it's almost like a trope in in tech death to be like oh they're like one of those orchestra tech death bands and so wow. of course with any kind of new idea there's the chance of getting kind of locked into doing it um but i think it really is still one of the more exciting areas to go because i mean either that or you go osdm which is like <laughs> avoiding some of that and anything new um i think it's still one of the more exciting places to explore and then it doesn't have to be orchestra. A lot of bands are adding like synth sounds and any you know pads. Um, I think it's one of the cool things to do, make use of the modern studio environment. Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I think we talked a little bit about that last time. I mm -hmm. totally agree. And, and I also remember uh, and when I first heard the S&M, remember that? When that oh, one yeah. came out with Metallica and it was, uh, I, I believe it was Michael Kamen. He, he's uh i think he played with pink floyd and then he became he wrote a bunch of really cool action scores for like hollywood films like i think he wrote like die hard and stuff um and i remember i thought to myself like when when i was going to listen to that one i thought well he's just going to be an extension of the riffs so and, and because at the time we all listen to classical music so i thought i'm not going to be very surprised about this it's just going to be naturally but he really went avant-garde on some bits there i was super happy about that i thought it, you know like whoa what's going on here like he did this really like in call Cthulhu, i think he wrote some really cool stuff on that one i was just whoa and i think um and, and jonas i think did the same I, I mean totally independent of that but he did did uh you know this stuff on uh, in, in that orchestral bit, um, in that orchestral track that is uh, totally has the life on its own. And it's not like an extension of just the music. It, it's mm -hmm. like really has its own organic thing going on. In the, if you want to look at us in the background or it's in the foreground, it's up to you as a listener, I think, because the mix is pretty, you know, even in, in a way. And uh, it works really, really well, you know. It has a lot. It, it obviously, when you add a bunch of layers to a song like that, I mean, God, you can listen to it forever and find new stuff all the time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, also, the yeah, oh, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. I was gonna say. I mean, I think that it's just that uh, it goes with any kind of, I guess, metal these days is that a lot of things can be sort of copy paste. That you know, it gets a little hard to hear that over and over again if that's what you were mentioning before just if it's like it's kind of a lot happening in the same realm that mm -hmm. um but it's nice to know like when you take the time to actually make it its own sort of entity like what in kind of did i think you have more respect for it than than just the one-offs like i'll i'll admit i have a song that has like one orchestral part on our entire album and like i feel like we bit off of it a little bit you know yeah. i don't know sometimes it's just 
go for it, make it sound sick, or it's just kind of not worth it. I don't know. Just yeah. yeah. And then again, I mean, a lot of it, I, I can't speak for Jonas, Jonas's sort of um, creative process. Yeah. You know how it is? It's also the journey. It's like you have a certain an idea and like basically never you 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 want to complete that idea because you went on a went off on a on a tag and you sort of trail <laughs> on and you find different ways and all of a sudden then you end up with something different. And yeah. sometimes even I know in spawn, like some sometimes we were like uh we're not sure what is this? Like we weren't sure, like is this, is this good, is it bad? Like does it feel good to be yeah, it feels good, man. I don't know if it sounds good. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> Roll the dot, put it out there, see what happens, and then obviously it grows on you uh, when you play right. and stuff. But uh, it's also that, like, I'm sure Jonas was quite experimental when he when he worked on this. You know, yeah, he has that sort of musical ability that you know he, he I think he he he's a he's a sort of feeling kind of guy when he is writing and playing. So when he's writing, uh, he's sort of like, oh wait a minute, like he knows, like okay this thing what about this thing okay here we go and he, he can find ways it's just organically you know what i mean yeah definitely like, yeah so it's it's always it's always been very honest it's always been like that's right. me here you go it's like that you know? yeah and you, you find a lot of bands that honest is like the right term i think that aren't kind of like honest or true they kind of just yeah maybe whether it's earlier in their career and they still haven't kind of figured out their own writing style yet yeah. or whatever it may be right of course, I definitely set that path <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I used to wake up to uh, the aberration, <laughs> like when that album came out. That was, you know, you had like uh, you could actually for the first time set your alarm on Android phones back then, or I guess they were they were Android, right? I think back then, whatever it was. Yeah, I remember putting like that album came out and I was like, holy shit! And then I was like, I'm gonna wake up to this like a vampire. You're <laughs> 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 like, straight. It was awesome. That's Thanks. rad. All right. Um, there's a lot of cool questions coming in here, uh, Joseph. I don't know if you've asked some of them already, but uh, um, I think Mortar Raptor is another one for sure that takes a lot of influence. Our homie Ben, yeah. Mm. Well, I was go oh, sorry. What, what, what did you say in here, Matt? Mortar Rapture. There's a another yeah. band that we share a studio with too. They're, I think they're on the Artisan Era as well. Yeah, they, our friend Ben. Uh, He's yeah, you could definitely hear like a lot of the melodic influence from them. But he's he's crazy, he's a super ripper. Yeah, they're <laughs> sick. Um, there's a question from uh Ricky, the homie who Casey, you'll remember meeting him last night. <laughs> Who's that? And uh no, I'm joking, dude. That yeah, was super right. fun. He shred <laughs> the bongo drums during Dreamer. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I was like, got my first dreamer. Oh, it was the best, dude. The best birthday present ever was dreamers first show or whatever wasn't it your first live thing kinda, i guess kinda, uh, yeah i mean like <laughs> it, it it's getting towards a show i don't know if it was a show but we <laughs> we 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 came and we played that's yeah. true so anyway um ricky asked why are the li lyrics to the evangelist the sickest lyrics and this is definitely one of the other highlights of the album that i wanted to bring up myself and I'm wondering if you wrote that, Dennis. And those are definitely like the creepiest. They give me that like real sense of like human evil, like. And it's it's just I don't know. Like I I really think it's like the song that brings that out more than any other song I can think of. So. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, most of like 
spawned like when you're dealing with uh like uh we had like always had i guess religious connotations in our lyrics like and it's never been like deicide like that it's more like uh the possession stuff and and all that stuff um but it's always been about that like possession and demons and shit like that which for i guess most people it's you know it's like yeah you know it's it's like a not not so serious you know to to most people yeah totally. um i can tell you the story about uh evangelist was basically that in the studio um i had I was running out of ideas and we actually, we, I actually thought because this lyric was going to be for apparition, but I, I, uh, for some reason I mixed those two songs up because they were two long songs and I had just like heard them and I hadn't heard the orchestral part, I don't think. So I mixed it up. So it, it became the evangelist track. And I went to Joan and said, dude, uh, I'm out of ideas. Like, I don't know what to write. And Jonas thought I was talking about apparition. And he said to me, he said, dude, when I wrote that song, I was in such a dark place. Like I was, it was so dark. I felt shitty. Um, uh, so go as dark as you possibly can. Like no holds barred. Just go fucking crazy with it. And I remember <laughs> telling him like, I can go pretty dark, dude. And he was like, go for it fucking do it okay, so uh so i was thinking to myself like okay what is like the darkest shit like ever and i had just well not just but not not too long ago before that i had read this article about well about the catholic church and all that shit that went down you know there was some reporters there's a there's a movie on it and stuff and it went all the way up to the pope and it was a big thing you know um i'm a big christopher hitchens fan and he was talking about it like railing it and uh so i was like should i go there man i don't know like because it's like i said we're talking about spirits and shit and now we're dealing with something very real so um i was like we everybody went to bed one night i was like fuck it you know i'm just gonna see where this goes and i sat up all night and wrote that lyric in the studio and i came down in the morning we started at eight o'clock so i hadn't slept and it was like, okay, let's do it. And I remember <laughs> I made a couple of copies of it because I wrote it on my laptop and I gave it to Jonas and and I gave it to, I gave it to like the producer and I think Henrik was there and they just looked at me like, dude, dude, no. And Jonas took it and he was like, perfect. That's the one, like perfect. <laughs> so um, I went in and started uh, recording it. And this was quite, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, I I started recording it. I, you know, we're, we've been recording for a little while and stuff. And then the producer said, we're taking a break. And I, because I couldn't see, I was in, a, I think I was in like a dry room at the time, this little square box. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I couldn't see the, the sort of the control room. And he said, let's take a five minute break. And I came out and he goes up, well, we got a visitor. And there was this young girl, she was like, Eight, 17, 18, maybe she was an intern. She wanted to produce her or something. And she was sitting by the console reading the lyric. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, hey, what's up? And she just looked at me. She didn't say hello or anything. She just looked at me like, <laughs> her eyes were saying, like, did you fucking read, write this? 
And it became so absurd, right? And I hadn't slept, so I was just like goofing and laughing about it, which is even more disturbing, you know what I mean? So it was kind of a sick moment. But uh, later, she, 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 I guess she realized pretty quick that it's like, yeah, we're dealing with an extreme topic because we, you know, fucking hate that stuff or whatever. And so, so she yeah. actually came in the next day and was like part of the whole thing. And she actually, uh, she sent the credits on the record because we uh, we were so preoccupied with everything with the mix with this with that so i recorded some song when she handled the 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 uh, like the wreck stuff and you know she she actually helped out like we had a bunch of interns working with like they we like we cut some uh you know when you uh, cut the toms uh like to take take away like noise between them i mean not yeah. edit but you know what i mean like so we get them out yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had a couple of interns help us out with that. So that was pretty cool. But but yeah, I mean that lyric, uh I also consciously I, I thought about because I'm I'm like a movie guy. I'm, I'm I love movies and shit. And it's an old classic thing that the 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 less you see, the scarier it gets. So mm -hmm. in the lyric there are like things that um and I think that's the most disturbing part. It's really I cringe when I read it myself. It's like, you know, lines like Instead of playing with a dolly, I had to play with him. Just that line alone is pretty fucking disturbing if you think about it. I mean, if you go if you go read like I Come Blood by Cannibal, it's disturbing, but it's more like <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you're a little like I can still taste the, his salty veiny skin, that's fucking disturbing. And I just went for it because Jonas said like go dark. And I was like, fuck it, we can go dark. Same. You know. And it was and it, not that, you know, there's I mean no no Christian is going to read this and go like oh my god I'm, you know what I mean yeah. but, um, you know but <laughs> yeah it's, it's just one of those things that um, and I think Joseph talking about your reaction that's why I think the lyric uh, pretty you know in just terms of a lyric I'm pretty proud of it actually because it it, it, it evokes that emotion in people people react even I do like and uh um, like I said, I had to think about like, do I want to touch this man? It's kind of like dark, and and even, I mean, there's bands who write gore stuff, and I couldn't, I couldn't have dealt with it in a in a like a fun gory way. You know what I mean? You know? Right. Yeah, of course. Bands does that, and it's not like I, I wanted like censor anybody. Like, go for it, do whatever you want. But just myself, I, I if I'm gonna touch on that, I'm gonna fucking be serious about it, or at least a little bit. But the stories, I've actually had people writing me and asking, like, did that happen to you? And I was like, no, 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 no. It's like, for the record, it's all made up. It's just, right. based yeah. on, um, I sat yeah. up reading reports and reading shit like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. But it is a song. <laughs> I know it's, I mean, it's a part of our shared human reality that this stuff goes on. And then, um, I don't know. I mean, some people would want to just not talk about it and just kind of maybe hide from it psychically or just avoid the news about it. Um, but I think there's like an honesty uh, to just, you know, making it part of your art and going to that dark place. And and I don't know what it means to have written about it, if it means like, oh, now we can talk about it more openly or something like I don't know if it's like opening any conversations or anything, but I feel like it is cathartic to have an avenue of like, okay, that is kind of 
like not off limits or whatever. Like we can somehow be more honest about our reality because, you know, artists are talking about it. Well, I think it's a good comparison to also how people compare music to movies and stuff and you know it's like horror movies and this that kind of thing and like twin peaks and crazy shit i mean there's like there's just subject matter in certain shows that is real stuff and like that's just it's art so it's like music's gonna do similar things you know so it's not like just because you're talking about something bad means you're associated with that you're actually making this really intelligent like you know it's art you're, you're explaining human condition you know yeah like yeah and and, and around that time and, and, and onward I gotta say I became very interested in like human psychology and stuff like that and and uh, it, it is that, that like the thing you said about uh, movies and, and you know with Spawn musically and lyrically like there's never been any like we've never said like oh we can't do that like we've never had that thing I'm a like I'm, I'm spoon fed myself like South Park and you know, Chappelle and fucking Monty Python and these people who they don't hold back on anything. Like if they want to make a joke, they're going to make a joke. Like they don't care if they step on anybody's toes. And it's basically the same thing because in some weird way, that's what attracted at least me to extreme music and metal in general was that it was sort of a, like a scary and forbidden, you know, all that stuff. And that was part of the cool thing, even before I started understanding the greatness of the music the whole image of it was was um uh was quite seducive so uh or seductive i think that um we have never said like oh we can't do we can't write a song about this or anything and i actually there was a i, I won't go in deep deep into it but there was actually a, another subject matter that came on uh, a completely different one that we actually, we, we said, well, maybe for another record, we have enough on this one. That That's also very touchy. There's a, like, there's a few things out there that are just like scary that people don't want to talk about. They don't want to bring it up. And uh, whether it's, you know, in, in art or like in music or movies or comedy or whatever. And, it, and, and especially today, I mean, it's, it's uh, polarized um, around those things. Um, but I, my general thought on everything is just like if you if you want to write something and and uh, you should you should go for it man you should just do it and I, I wasn't looking to create some sort of debate I've always had like a without any form of comparison but like a Lovecraft kind of way of thinking or a, a you know Stephen King way of thinking like mm. if I have a subject and I can write a, a fun exciting cool lyric or whatever that you know I don't think too much about it's like first comes the art and then comes the morale, you know, and that's sort of yeah. how I think about it. And I think we, we've always been like that with the music. It's like, you know, fucking lit. What's what's up today? Like, so, yeah. but that, that was the only lyric that I ever had to actually think about, to be very, you know, honest about it. I was like thinking like, do I want to touch this? But I was like, yeah, he told me dark. I'm going to go dark. <laughs> Perfect. So there's the lyric, man. And nice. yeah. That's, I just like that, to that's yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, dude. I like to give a quick shout out to uh, it looks like we got Ragnar um from uh Ophidian Eye, the drummer. Yeah. yeah. And uh from Iceland. And uh dude, we were just talking about you last night, man, at my party thing. We were talking about Ophidian Eye and all these bands like later on, like that kind of came influenced from Spawn Necrophagus and that when that stuff was like the, the craziest shit at the time. 
and then now bands like ominous ruin we were talking about last night a bunch and ophidi and i and many others there's so many great bands out right now there's so many dude and dreamer and dude so many but like man it's just it's cool that he's on here i, I have a huge amount of respect for you dude and uh um that's sick that he's stoked to watch this and he cool. obviously likes spawn a lot and he's <laughs> fucking incredible on the drums yeah. man dude yeah Insane. yeah ragnar's rad i'm like what really like he's crazy yeah we're friends with john too the singer he lives in san diego actually so he's the only one i think in in the states um but he uh he came to david's birthday thing two weeks ago so we, we hung out he's out of town this weekend but love those guys man but dude yeah dude this, this is really fun <laughs> um, before you go joseph uh do you mind if i check my uh my messenger just to see if i i, I throw out a couple of uh yeah, dude invitations before Go for it, man. it's all good do your thing dude no worries i you know i'm gonna play a little bit of the of this for the album for a second dude sure. this will be kind of fun so i'm gonna share let's see here the easiest way is to do that so we were here you're gonna say something joseph go ahead yeah i have to actually dip in about five minutes no worries man um, i just want to get okay. my last comment out um, yeah which is uh, Servitude of Souls sounds like a cabinet song that made it onto Incurso. Ah, it's like the short, catchy, one? sick one. This yeah. one? Yeah. For sure, I know what you mean. So good. God damn. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Do you have any? Uh, my, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, dude. My my final comment before I I dip off is uh, I remember the homies going fucking nuts when the demo to this album came out with Chalky on vocals and just that was like a huge thing, like Christian and Chalky in the band. And of course, Chalky didn't actually record the final album, but um, we were just like all so like the next Spawn album is going to be the sickest thing ever. Um, and I think it was eventually realized even without that lineup. And uh, so I just I just have fond memories of like that excitement you get when you're like 20 years old. Your favorite band is going to come out with a new album. And I just have a lot of nostalgia for that period. So that was my last comment to make. Yeah. I wish I could hang out longer, Dennis. Um, great to see you and Alex and Casey. But uh, I got yeah, I got to go right now. I hope you guys have fun hanging out for a little longer. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah good to see you last night too. All right, man. Later, awesome, guys. Man. Later. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good solo. I know. I was quick. I gotta hear it. I said we should have had it, we should have had the whole fucking band on so because I can only relate first to the vocals and to some extent the drums but if you listen to the if you start the track again and listen to like the four first 
uh, lines of it, I'm totally like a little doing a little homage to Luke LeMay in the old days of Gorguts. Okay, yeah. Yeah, very much like he, the way he, his vocal style. So I always right. loved Gorguts. I thought, I think they're fucking incredible. Yeah, super unique. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Gorguts is one of the best, man. <laughs> Considered but, dead and, you know, always has, when they put the it out, it sounds completely different than the last one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, somehow still sounding the same. It's the guitar yeah. style. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking love Gorguts. That's one on all times. Oh, shit. oh, dude. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, dude. So uh, we got more questions in here. Maybe we should answer some more of these rad questions. I know uh, Joseph caught on Ricky's question there. Um, so we got, let's see here. Um, I think, uh, did we answer this one? You see this one here? Does those riffs have a very different rhythm compared to the previous albums? What were the music concepts that inspired that type of rhythmic direction? Uh, I couldn't say, man. Like, like I wasn't part of any uh, uh, any any of the writing on, on this one. It's kind of, you know, I wish I was, but it's just like Jonas was in his own bubble. Oh, then, gotcha, right, yeah. Um, uh, Erlen was was also involved, I think, and I think mm. uh, John Jonas was shooting, you know, uh, riffs and stuff. And but um, I'm not sure. We I'm sure we talked about a lot of stuff on tour and stuff when we hang out. But usually there's a lot of beers involved, so I can't really remember. You know what? <laughs> you know that's usually how it goes. Yeah, but, for sure. But Jonas has always been uh, interested not only in like melodies and shredding and all of that. You know, he's always interested in like rhythmics and all kinds of stuff when he plays. Like to mix it up, you know, to do something. Mm -hmm. uh, and a friend we used to play with years and years ago always said that the funny thing about Jonas Bristling's ripping is that he never makes, he never used the same formula twice. He always goes down a, a very uncomfortable way. It was a bass player, he said, because every time he had a new riff, it was. Like, dude, this is so uncomfortable. And because Jonas never took the easy way, you know what right. I mean? He, he had an idea of the riff and he went completely different than the last one. And, you know, I think that, that there's some truth to that because, and that contributes to the music too, you know? Yeah, so, I would definitely say that after trying to learn a couple of songs that I would agree with that. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not as easy because, you know, as, a, as you get older and whatever, you get in your own pocket, right? And then trying to break out of it gets a little bit harder. So yeah. there were riffs that I'm like, how the fuck does this even make sense? This doesn't sound like what he played, but that's how it's written there. So, like, but it's also his unique ass style. Do you, are there tabs available for Incurso? I don't know if I've ever actually like looked for like official tabs. Um, I don't know if he has put them out like years ago, like around Noctambulant, um, mm -hmm. we talked about like Jonas wanted to do like real tab books. Yeah. You know, he, um, uh, um he, he he's kind, he's kind of old school like that a lot of the tab books that you know that i remember i got like justice for all mm -hmm. back like you know i don't i guess mid early 90s and that fucking book that was i mean it was uh, there was a lot of stuff that didn't that wasn't right yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> I, YouTube, there's a dude on youtube breaking down those tab books and yeah play, and they, they, they totally they're they, 
they're wrong, you know. And it, yeah. when you're like you're not that old, not that experienced with an instrument, you, you I was like did make no sense to me. But Jonas wanted to have all those duties himself for the spawn, and then we would have like a glossy cover and everything. We were that talking thing. about that. Um, yeah, like the official ones, yeah. Yeah, like real official that he signed off on. Dude, I bet you guys could sell a lot. I mean, not like it's all about yeah. selling them. I just mean, I bet a lot of people would want that, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, holy, that'd be so sick. I'm one. I'd be there. Yeah. <laughs> that would like, be cool to do, actually. Yeah. I know. Like, we haven't we haven't talked about that in a while. Maybe like, we I feel like a lot of bands could do that. Like, it's like all, all the new bands are coming out, like, doing that, you know, like, like a legion's new stuff and it looks so sick like all the tab books and it's like also yeah. you can do the digital and it's just everyone's doing it it's i think it's really cool and like it's like well there's a lot of bands that could retroactively do that too right like i'd yeah. buy like a deicide legion tab book like, you know <laughs> be fun dude it's like it comes with guitar profiles you know you're like oh sick <laughs> i think that's the deal now right a lot of them come with guitar profiles. oh do they really oh sick. Well, we have too i mean we don't have anything for sale but like you know because we yeah. write everything guitar pro anyways so it's like you know yeah get those out too easier dude imagine deicide legion in guitar pro i'm sure somebody's like, tapped it. there's there's it's gotta be, be like, so hard to make it sound right that it's like yeah for sure how would you do that like because it's yeah. so just i know something about deicide that's my favorite deicide album totally. oh, gnarly yeah so and i noticed something that Man, they push those downstrokes on the courts and stuff. Have you noticed that? Like, yeah. that's part of their sound. And, and there's a dude playing Perfection on YouTube. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. He, he mm. seems to have gotten pretty right, you know. And it's, yeah. but it's, you know, it's, it, it's not like super clear HD, but it still mm-hmm. works. And, and dude, like, he does the downstroke all the way and he captures the sound pretty much. And, he, and it's like going constantly. By like the 90s standard i mean today it's yeah. uh everything has been stepped up you know <laughs> everything more clear now for sure <laughs> yeah but that's kind of weird how that that sound that era like it was more guesswork than anything like is, is he playing it like this or is, it, is this how he does it it's so weird how mm-hmm. like those little details kind of oh I'm yeah sure think twice yeah yeah and, and remember the last time i was on Remember I talked about that uh, Morbid Angel show we saw when they toured for Covenant? And yeah, we, we didn't realize what, what, when we listened to the album, we didn't realize what, what they were doing. Right. And we were seeing, like, you know, Eric Rutan and, and Trey, like, totally, like, the courts were just smearing around on the guitars. We're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> The bass drums going. You can you can see anything. You can see the hands. You can see anything. It's just like, it, just, it was such a defining moment, you know. There was uh, and yeah. yeah, we went to plenty of shows. Just like well, we went to see like uh, went to see Cannibal Corpse in '96 when they were touring for a vile. When Corpse Grind just uh, joined, yeah, the album, yeah. And, uh, I remember Immolation was opening. And for some reason, English was one of those bands that we hadn't checked out on the, like the list of more sound bands. And I remember we were watching those guys, and they were like tearing it up, like, dude. Yeah. So we we got to to talk to them after the shows. Like, it blew us away. Like, dude, <laughs> we're sick. You like, yeah. like really nice guys and everything, and put on a great show. And Cannibal was obviously we were standing right in front of Alex Webb, so it was the first time. Sick. And shred on the bass. It's just like, fuck, this is. We gotta step it up. Every time we went to a show like that, it was like, man, 
we got to practice. Oh yeah, oh, yeah dude. <laughs> it's such a hurtful yet awesome experience. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Those, those are defining moments for I think all of us and I think the metal scene. Everyone loves to have that experience of just like holy shit, these guys are sick. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, when you see what like a band like that that's when you see him you you get it from this whole another perspective like oh okay. Yeah. Right. Like I've I'm pretty stoked on like I guess I've seen the kind of the a lot of the bigger bands like you know I've seen Cannibal I've seen Deicide I've seen Morbid Angel and obviously Suffo and then uh, I haven't seen Immolation though I've I got to see that but like but yeah I mean it's like you know it's like when you've just been to a Deicide show and like you got like the Hoffman Brothers like spike boots like right in your face and, like and just Glenn Benton up there and like the, it's just like the vibe of it so like you got to experience it man it's like yeah. Deicide's so dude, they're like I think. They're just like the most gnarly, evil death metal band ever. Like, kind of, yeah. you know. Um, I, so in some regards, to me, like they're one of the most brutal bands. Yeah, my, they still are. I still put on Legion. I love Deicide, dude, <laughs> so much. <laughs> I get so gassed when I listen to that that record. It's like, and, and to this yeah. day, I mean, been playing Spawn for so many years, like doing those records and everything. There's still things on the first Deicide that doesn't, I can't figure out. Like, I can't. <laughs> in my head like what the fuck like yeah you know and then just blast off and like you know replicate the architecture or something and it's like yeah oh yeah dude and i just love that stuff you know it still holds that holds that standard yeah that like aggression that's weird like kind of make it work kind of mentality not like to a perfect click kind of thing you know and i remember back then i i i heard there was uh, some videotape some part because when we had parts like we had videotapes and there was like like interviews and stuff from MTV and videos and shit. So we'd put that in and just get fucked up, you know. <laughs> there was one one where they actually someone called Scott Burns in Morristown while they were recording Legion, and and they asked him like, "So how's the new Deicide album coming?" And he and he was just chuckled and said like. Oh, we're going for totally evil sound on this one. Like, not mentioning yeah. it's so tight or it's so fast or anything. He just said, like, oh, we're going for it's going to be something like totally evil. And if you listen to that, next time you guys listen to it, something I've always thought about is that the uh, the hi hat. It sounds like a, a like a, a pile of rattling chains. <laughs> listen, think about that next time you listen to it. It sounds like a bunch of chains just rattling around. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, <laughs> but I Crazy, love dude. the vocals and the, the vocals on that album yeah. inspired me throughout all the Spawn albums for sure. The arrangements, the doubling with the screamer and everything. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, he so, really, he kind of really. I mean, the other guys were doing that, but yeah, Glenn Benton's really the one who really kind of to me it seems like got that double high low evil like. Yeah. Did, didn't he used to like tell people like jokingly in interviews like. They'd be like, how do you do that double voice thing? And he's like, it's because I'm possessed, man. Yeah. Like, you got to go and get possessed, and then you can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The only it's way. Like, yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's funny, too. Like, you could, it, at first, uh, first listening, you could, like, oh, man, it's so brutal. But when you actually listen to, especially on Legion, like, I keep going back to that. Like, that's really, like, in my, to me, that's very intelligent uh, vocal patterns. Oh, yeah. Peaceful and his rhyming, and he, he's just really clever in the way he wrote those lyrics. I, That's a good point, especially to such a technical album. You know, it's like he he, he like he comes in, he's like, all right, this stuff's like this is like the most technical deicide. You know, it's super like 
crazy timings and stuff. And did, did, didn't the drummer write a lot of that? Actually, I think Steve uh, well, like wrote most of I, that or something. I don't know. Rumors. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, I've but, always heard he writes a lot for. DC. Yeah, sick. Fuck yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I mean, to, to like take songs that are that technical and like hard to count and like just crazy, and then put such like catchy and brutal, like perfectly. Like you're right. Like every lyric or every vocal pattern in that entire album is like perfect. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Totally agree. Everything. It's ridiculous. Fucking, fucking, there's like, it's just right in your face. And, and there's, it's yeah. funny. Like, you know, and what's interesting about Deicide is like at that time, and, and it started coming, and, and we certainly did it with Spawn. Their band started throwing in like uh, a slow song somewhere in the on the album, like, or, or a mid yeah. song. And, or it's certainly sweet. And it was always like an acoustic track. Right. And, how many bands that did a fucking you know, like did like the sad sort of like hey girl, <laughs> hey girl. they were they never they never did that like uh, like on legion I, I don't know if like the later records i'm not too familiar with those yeah. but legion. There's, not, there's not too many hey girl riffs on legion <laughs> thank you in general <laughs> Yeah, and just fucking, and it's funny too in that band band figs uh, on the on the back when they stand uh, in front of that uh, burned house. Yeah, and one of the brothers have an uh, inverted cross, and he has moved it to the side so he can show it the camera. If you look at that picture, it's kind of funny. He's moving so obvious. He has moved it because, or else it would have been you know behind the head of the guy in front of him or something. Oh, really? He moved it the crossovers upside down. Dude, that's so dude. Dennis, you got all these Easter eggs, dude. I, I know, really. Just write all this down. This is so funny, dude. Another picture that that uh, Jonas had on his wall of these side from way old, like in Amon days, like a you know, like a like a small poster. And um, well, maybe. Well, wait, wait a minute. Maybe it's from the first side. I'm not sure, but anyway, on that one, um, Glenn Benton is standing in the front, and he's and he's holding his hands like this. Bent like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's talking about his, his interpretation of that was see, no holes. I don't do any drugs. I'm just fucking insane. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Well, no, oh, that was, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That'll be not what I expected. Drugs yeah. fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. As yeah. opposed to like Bethlehem. When they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, this look at this is cool. So this is Ragnar uh, here from Ophidi and I, Killer Band. Uh, wouldn't exist without Spawn. <laughs> That's sick, man. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. He, he he wrote me this really compliment complimentary piece. You know that. Uh, oh man, it's just um, man. I'm, I I can't help like thinking like someday somewhere in in this universe it would be so cool to have like like my like all of our heroes and all the newer bands like imagine like a big like festival for like days and all the fucking bands are there playing hanging out drinking i'm just imagining this and you know it would like doing once in, in europe and once in the states and yeah whatever incredible <laughs> i just have this imagine you know so it's like okay now it's the brutal night now it's the tech night yeah you know and just everybody just goes crazy for everything. It would be so so much fun. Yeah, I don't know how it is out there right now, but it sounds like festivals are happening over here. 
everything's kind of getting ramped up and ready to go. There's a lot of I keep seeing them pop up in like rent like Chicago or wherever. You know? Nice, dude. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's we, about time. It's awesome. We're so stoked oh, on that. Yeah. yeah, we're all just like, yes, <laughs> please God, <laughs> please, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool, man. Yeah, I'm seeing all these tours getting announced and not canceled, which is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So for, for me personally, I just got to mention that I was so stoked that, uh, you know, and I don't have any feelings on the band thing because like, like I'm, I'm like a big Morbid Angel fan from the beginning. Like that was one of my bands that was part of the reason why I'm even into this, but um, uh, that Dave Vincent announced that Pete Sandoval is going to play with him on the next Ivan Morbid tour. Yeah, I saw that. About the Morbid, I don't care about all that stuff. I don't get into that. But the fact that Pete is going out playing old Morbid Angel songs, and I think they're playing a show in Denmark, which is country next by here. So it's like a yeah, yeah. drive or something, four hour drive. Man, I'm, I'm pretty much going there, man. I'm going to watch old Pete play. He is my number one drummer. For real life. Oh yeah, dude! Watching Pete, you got it, dude. It's like I'm totally gonna go to. Is it in Copenhagen or where? In, yeah, where I think Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah, think that's the closest I've been to Sweden. <laughs> I've never been to Sweden though, but yeah, close. Yeah. So that was really exciting. I saw that the other day. Sick. That's sick. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah, Commando, dude. Pete, Sand- he's like, he's the he's a, such a legend. It's ridiculous, man. And yeah, when you see him play, it's just like ridiculous, dude. He just, he's <laughs> the dude. Pretty, pretty, uh, not too long ago, I saw an interview and he, I was always so impressed. He played with like the army boots on and biker mm-hmm. boots. Yep. So he gets the question, it's on YouTube somewhere, and, and they ask him, like, why why do you play with that? Like, do you feel uncomfortable not playing? And he was like, no, man, it's like I play with sneakers now. It doesn't matter to me. I can play with any shoes. I just had the army boots. It was like to me, like to most drummers, it, it, it's really, you get very delicate about those things. Like, you got to have the right sticks and the right on the seat and all that shit, the right shoes and stuff. And he was just like, nah, it's okay. I can play whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Really in those speeds, like or formula stuff, you know, or gateways and that stuff. That was crazy. Yeah. That's what's it called? Like uh, opening the gates. Is that one? Is that the the one where he goes in the middle? Super fast. Yeah. That's on gateways to annihilation, right? Uh, the chorus thing the gates on yeah that super fast part that. yeah pete the feet exactly <laughs> oh good old david said that what up david pete the feet dude he is the master he he's i mean he really is like the one who was like everyone's like all right i gotta play faster feet now like <laughs> you know like like, thing, I, I, speaking of Pete, that one of the reasons I've I realized later on is that, like, and I have nothing but, like I said before, I have nothing but respect for, like, sick drummers. I, I love going to YouTube all the time, watch insane drummers play at these insane speeds and doing all this crazy stuff. But one thing that I loved about Pete um, is that... Uh, uh, drummers today seem to, when they play, like, a blast beat, they instead of holding it just like a straight blast beat, just going for it, some drummers have to go to the bell, like ding 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 ding, or they have to do like a bunch of symbols in the middle of it and stuff. Right. Oh, totally cool, and it's cool and it's great. But 
for me, it, it takes away from the fucking brutality. Like Pete, he never did anything. He like that. He would just like dig in and just like you listen to those old tracks like Blasphemy or Rapture and those fast songs. Like there was just like a blast beat. That was it. And then by the end of it, like a drum roll, and then he would just go back to the hi hat or the or the right symbol and just keep going. And um, a lot of times today, like I hear you, you, you're, you're waiting for that part and still they're like, well, I, got, I, I get bored. I got to do things up here that many times not, doesn't have anything to do with the with the riff or anything. It's like if you want to accentuate stuff and that's totally cool. But some drummers just have to do it just because. And uh, I prefer like, why don't you just do a fucking blast beat? Keep going, man. That was my attitude when we did the Scourge song. Like, I'm not going to, maybe I should put in a few more drum rolls until that yeah. became kind of extreme. But that was a totally sensible way of thinking. Like, no, it's just going to be like, yeah. Because after a while, when you, when you play that sort of stuff, you, you get into a sort of zone when you're, when you're playing it. And certainly when you're listening to it, it, it becomes almost like a machine, like a noise instead. And I, I just love that stuff. I, I, you know, so well i mean like i do it's kind of like a drummer add thing right where they just kind of like lose track of the actual song and kind of yeah. go a little too i think all instruments are capable of doing that but yeah it, it, you hear it a lot more nowadays too for sure <laughs> i think yeah, it makes sense and it's totally cool and i did stuff like that myself and i most drummers i know do it but sometimes you just come on dude just fucking play a blast beat just keep yeah. it tight and just dig in and you know what i mean like yeah. hold little bit don't do anything else don't you know don't fuck it up <laughs> there's a time and a place <laughs> i think it's interesting is kind of like how styles move on like over time and then like there's like trends that continue from one like kind of era like to every 10 years whatever to the next era and kind of and you see these air and then there's certain trends that like kind of just don't carry on or certain beats or ways of playing beats you know like mm -hmm. i remember uh back matt would always talk about like like the suffocation guys would be like in the early 2000s it was like all the death metal coming out none of it had like the like kind of skank beat like you know no one was doing that it was all you know split blast stuff blast you know everything and just no skank beats at all um and they're just like such a heavy beat why does nobody do that beat anymore you know i remember that and so that was matt started kind of writing that into parts more just like just this is like such a sick like old school kind of a groove you know um but yeah like ways it's kind of like styles start to become popular like like with new bands and they all kind of do it and then like um and then it's like people kind of forget about that style that di that didn't you know pass on or whatever i don't know that's but. so funny that you say it because for me it was the opposite because but i think this is a sort of a cultural thing because swedish bands totally overused it oh the did that uh, uh, yeah exactly for sure no that's totally true no that's a good point yeah 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 i i was that's why i didn't but I, well we used it in spawn but you know i was almost yeah it's it like it's on every record come on let's do something else and most of them was so static and boring like i i like when i listen to like old school like the first couple of entombed records mm -hmm. the, the drummer there is one of my favorite swedish death ball drummers nick anderson he he is uh he's like that he has such a groove in his playing. He, I don't know what it is. Like I've spoken to, to a lot of drummers that you know attribute a lot of their 
like inspiration to him because of just I, I think he did yeah he did three records with and two on on the drums, um, but he has this really nice swing to it like it comes alive and and uh, I remember I mentioned last time I always thought like Igor when he did Arise and those records there's a certain attitude in his playing that I really love that that works for their music and stuff. Um, and, and Lombardo, obviously, and I mean, there's a bunch of guys, but then it's like every drummer would be like, tick, 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 tick. like, you knew it was coming. Well, I guess it's so funny because you're yeah. talking about Swedish metal, I can, it just instantly makes me laugh because I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Because, like, with, at the time it was like, I guess because we were, in, you know, surrounded by the Cali death scene or whatever, so it was just like, every band which is like there was none of that in death metal too not just like melodic because it's you know the melodic that's kind of like the trademark especially swedish and then all the bands that kind of took that style but but yeah with like just the pure death metal like it was like it just it didn't transcend from the night the the 90s death metal you know and also certain ways of doing breakdowns you know like in the 90s they i i feel like they had like a much bigger palette of breakdowns and then in like the 2000s it got like just these are the ones like in the 90s they would do all kinds of like interesting like more groove stuff like like in death metal and shit you know and like you know like i don't know it's cool like think about that it's almost like i want to like step outside my own writing boundaries and think like what if i just groove something totally that i wouldn't actually i think that's how spawn does i mean on cabinet you guys do like all kinds of grooves that like are so well put that dude beyond tasteful like it's so sick i love it so much and like no nobody pulls it off like you guys like i guess you yeah you guys were the only ones really doing that i can even think of that style of that you know like it's so cool when, when uh when joe when we we talked about that last time but I, just a little detail on uh on uh, uh hidden in flesh like uh you know the uh i guess the verse riff you know that thing yeah exactly yeah that's kind of unusual that was for me it was totally mike smith oh for sure yeah interesting cool that's first video go uh fuck what not there's a very specific riff in one of the first songs where he plays like that and when i heard that the first time it blew me away like whoa within the you know the blast beat sort of um bubble mm -hmm. thing like that it's brutality and he always you know dun dum dum bottom i was like what and yeah. never this before and it was such a groove and and like i said tasteful so it was i forget what riff it was it was a specific riff that i immediately thought about in terms of the it didn't sound like that in spawn but it was in my head it was like that's the kind of drums i'm aiming for for sure yeah man I mean, so it all cool. adds, all the, yeah, it all adds, like, all those unique features are all made it, all what made it so fucking sick, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. And it's like, I and again, like, you know, we're talking about the, the difference of albums and going back to, to the the topic of reviewing Incurso, and this is the 10-year anniversary of that. And obviously that was your, you know, latest release with Spawn. And uh people have been asking you know is there a new spawn of course they're always asking because they want it because they love it you know um but like those three albums thinking of cabinet and you know the noctambulant and curso like 
the the three u- unique styles of those albums and how they're different that they, they bring two like three different flavors like to the plate and they're all so sick in different ways like noctambulant is just like a mind fuck masterpiece basically like it's one of the most insane things ever written it's so unique and then and then cabinet's like the best album ever written <laughs> like basically <laughs> and then it's like and incurso is like the most technical album ever they're all like but so fucking good like i mean it's like when I listen to each one, I'm like, you know, what? I think this one's my favorite, dude. Actually, like I can't decide, you know. But I, for me, I think Cabinet is so um, uh, nostalgic for me that I always t- brings me back to first hearing Spawn, you know. But like, I think that Incurso has everything is insane as all the albums have, and and uh, and it has its own thing too. It it it's a perfect combination of the old Cabinet stuff with with you know noctambulant and everything and it's and it's it's also something new it's just like it's such a great like dude and curso's it but, yeah i think that but, but again like it's always been a risk because we mm-hmm. we always felt that we didn't want to write the same record record mm-hmm. you know um and i i mean we talked about that and and i don't I don't think we could. I think we would get bored with it. We like we try to play covers all, all over the years. Like let's because we 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 suck at warming up, and so when we used to rehearse back in the cabinet days and octagonal days, and let's get a cover and let's play. We played like one or two times. I was like, nah. We just it's just we forgot about it. it, it we were just bored with it because we've heard a lot and and. Um, or whatever, and uh, I remember we put up Noctambulant, and everybody was like totally into Cabinet at the time. And 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 I, I, as far as I remember, I don't know, I didn't check that much online, but as far as I remember, it was like uh, it's okay, but it's not Cabinet. And in my mind, I was like, well, what do you expect that we should write another Cabinet? Why would we do that? Please motivate. Why we should do that? What's the fun in that? Like cabinet's cabinet, uh, yeah, cabinet's cabinet, and then we did Noctambulant, and that's what I remember. Like, because after Noctambulant, obviously I left, so that's what I remember. Okay, so that album didn't do too well. Then we go on tour for Incurso, and it's just, it, people go, oh, it's it's okay, but Noctambulant's that's the that's the masterpiece. I was like, dude, it, yeah, exactly, dude. It's so yeah. funny, dude. It's like, come on now. <laughs> I think it's that that's the also the effect when you're writing something that is is you know sort of solid. It, it takes time for people to di- digest it. It's what do you expect. We're going to write something that's like you're going to immediately understand everything that's going on. It's just it's just never been our style, and you know, and 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 above all, I mean, if you listen to to tech death, you know, that type of music, you should know better. You should know better. this album. Yeah gonna need a couple of listenings before i you know what i mean it's i I think justin summed it up basically with this comment here (laughs) hell yeah all three are masterpieces i mean so i mean here's the thing dude is like you know if you're old enough like you know like us like you know it's like i remember when it came out and you know what how we felt about it after cabinet and already having cabinet and everything and like dude we were it was like the perfect like to us it was the the next thing to hear was spawn like we were just like dude what the fuck is going on like you were like the guitars the, all the drum like the rhythms everything was so to, to us it was fresh 
Yeah. You know, and it was just totally mind blowing. Dude, that album, it's I, I think it's easy for people to go like, oh, Cabinet is, is has a lot of brutal stuff. And so like, you know, yeah, like everyone likes to be like, I like the brutal thing or whatever. But like to us at the time, like we were very, you know, you got to understand like this when that time, when that album came, was it two, when, when did um, uh, Noctambulant came out? 2007? Or was it before that? Noctambulant oh, was uh, 06. 06, right, yeah. So I mean, dude at that time that what how that came out because that was after epitaph right and so like you know those are all the i think that was 2005 was epitaph like tamion was after epitaph yeah Yeah, exactly but like just right kind of right after yeah so like at that time dude like that's the thing is like we hadn't heard anything like that before you got to understand people you know so like it was like what all of a sudden epitaph comes i mean we had heard the early stuff and you know obviously uh onset but it was like, and cabinet, you know, but it was like, dude, when that, the, that era in 90, or I mean, in 2005, 2006, like whatever those, those years, 2007, like it was like all, everything was changing like so fast. And the guitar playing was just going through the roof. Like the fuck, like everything was so crazy. And like, uh, yeah. So at the time, my point is Noctambulant just knocked us over the head, dude. Wow. <laughs> you know, but it's true. I mean, like, I, I remember it at the time, dude. I remember having the CD and like putting it on the car and driving around. And we were just like, like, dude, this is because we were always just like, what's the gnarliest, you know? <laughs> like, and it was always like Spawn Necrophagist and then all the stuff at the time and, you know, whatever, or the new Nile, whatever came out and whatever, Nihilation of the Wicked and all that kind of stuff. But we were just like, but in different ways. But yeah, the Noctambulant was just like, what the fuck? Like, it was so crazy at the time. So, I think, uh, yeah, man. And then obviously in Curso, it was like, man, I, I, I just think it's so cool, like how that album like accumulates all the styles together. Yeah, it's it, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Because like you, I, I came in as a fan, man. It was like I hadn't heard anything, and the album was written. Obviously, I yeah, it's interesting. We like, pre prod stuff, but I had pretty much the same experience in that regard, like. Uh, and and I, I, again, like I know I talked about that, but I just remember it was such a defining moment in or, or Spawn or like the, the history mm-hmm. of Spawn when we hadn't spoken for like fucking five years, and it was like it was bad, and it was like oh fucking I, I many times I was like man I got I should call Jones man, you know fucking I should call him, and I never got around to it, and all of a sudden I got this pretty big you know, email, and he was like, hey, what's up, dude? You know, a lot of bad blood, but fuck it, I'm so past all that. I don't care about what the past, you know, uh, you know, he, you know, he wrote some, you know, some personal shit very briefly, basically saying, like, whatever happened in the past, fuck it. And then there was, like, a big, like, Anyway, I'm working on a new album and it's pretty much done. And I want to do the vocals because it's not going to be spawn if you're not on it. And it was like, and I, it was like the stuff we talked about. I, I, I ran with that, like because we talked about the epic stuff before I left. And it's it's so sick. And I, it would be so cool if you want to do it and and all that stuff. And I just remember that message, like I. Listen, dude, it was this is how serious it was to me. Like I got it and it took me two days before I opened it. 
like I had it. I think he wrote me on Messenger. I'm not sure. And I, yeah. wherever it was, and I was like, dude, I was like walking around in my apartment, like, fuck, man, shit, because you know all this stuff bubbled up, and I was like, ah, you know. And I finally read it, and it was uh, it was such a cool letter. It was like, you know. and then I wrote him back. It's like, dude, we we should talk on the phone. And again, like I've said it in the past, it was like when we started talking, it was like, like no time had gone by, and he sent me some stuff, and and because I shied away from Spawn when I was out, I was like, no, I'm done. So I didn't listen to those pre the pre stuff that people that Joseph mentioned. I didn't I didn't listen mm-hmm. to that stuff. So when he sent me stuff and and said like, yeah, you want to do it and all that stuff. I got the studio. I got like the label relapse and. And we're doing the studio and we talked about that and whatever. That was such a, and I just knew from the stuff he said, I was like, dude, this is, this is crazy. This is crazy stuff. It's fast. And he was like, yeah, I guess. So like, it should be fast, whatever. (laughs) It should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So, and Henry came in, he nailed it. Marilyn, his bass is just like, you know, it was interesting. Like, and, and, you have to remember also that they, there was a pretty big, I mean, there was a, a, a big change of members. Uh, you know, Nick, bass player, he left, and Carlson, and I think they both were responsible for, I mean, they contributed with the sound and everything on, on Cabinet and Octavio. They were part of that organism, you know, and then they left and here comes Erlen and Christian and Henrik and, you know, brought new blood to the whole thing. But the key, I think, was uh, that Jonas was the, had written it, basically. I, I know, like I said before, like Erlen was involved. I'm not sure how much or, like, I know he was involved. But, yeah, that was, that was a crazy experience. It, was, it became a good album. I, I think so. Yeah. I, really cool i think we, we talk about like cabinet if it, mm-hmm. I think it was released in 2003 i think which means it's it's what 20 years to next year that's wow insane. that's insane yeah. yeah holy shit okay so we'll have to do another stream i just next... read what what month did that one come out <laughs> i'm curious i should look it up it's good okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a google question for sure you know dude none of us remember any of our albums when they came out barely the year but dude that's insane so almost 20 so it's 19 years ago that cabinet came out basically you're saying approximately so uh i wanted to say to add what to what you were saying um i think it's really cool um when bands because like you know when you're playing uh <laughs> david he's all stop reminding us how old we are it's funny but uh you know um i think it's really cool when bands like you know that that have been making music for 20 plus years or whatever that can like put out a new album and like you know come back together and work on it or or you know have input on it or play on it or whatever and like you know just like they might have had issues like during touring or whatever times and of course it's you know it's rough sometimes on the road and you know and bands go through ins and outs but like but to be able to just like come back to the project and put something out like because for the fans it's like oh man hell yeah they they got back together and it's like you just wish pink floyd would do another album with all you know the guys man so what the fuck but yeah so that's not gonna ever happen so but the point is it's so sick like 
when the art's more important than like the, all the other stuff and you know this just like dude and i mean the world is happy that you were on in curso you know even though i'm sure the other chalky was doing a sick job or whoever else was singing before that was doing great but but you are spawn like you know it's like i am morbid i am spawn i am yeah <laughs> dennis yeah. you can just be like i am spawn we both chalky when when we first heard i think uh, what's um what's the first record uh uh, with ah, uh, oh, fuck, where where he did where he was the vocalist, Psychoptic. Yeah, yeah, Psychoptic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh we're, yeah, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, that was the reason that that yeah, I'm sure that he got involved in in Spawn in the first place. And I'm, I'm uh, I, I remember at the time just thinking that's a perfect choice. I think it's awesome. But like I said last time, uh, uh, what happened between that and me coming in, I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I don't I didn't get into that stuff. So um I'm I'm you know I was just super happy that Jonas got in touch. You know, that's all I can say. And I uh I remember after Noctangle and he said to me like I was expecting more like more faster vocals. Because for um, an I I felt that I was going to do, uh, I, I was going to ease up maybe because some of a lot of the, the the parts and the riffs, you know, didn't necessarily, you know, I I couldn't elevate them with that that kind of vocal stuff. So I kind of you know I'm not going to do it just to do them. Um, but I had that in the back of my mind when um, when we did in Curso. So that's why I went a bit more extreme on that one. And there's, uh, there's a handful of songs that have insane like vocal patterns. And I'm not saying that to brag. They're just fucking hard to do. Like you, you, you take you take a mic and do like apparition in one sitting and, and see how it goes. I want a sick fucking song in that uh, Deus Avertat. That's another one like crazy vocals, fast up. And I remember writing it and kind of chuckling and laughing at it like. This is, oh my God, this is going to be painful because I have to nail it. Like, I can't cheat, you know, I'm going to fucking nail it, you know? And uh, and I did, you know, and I remember like screaming it. I, I had that intern like handling the, the thing. And I remember like being so, I, I get passionate when I record. So I got really upset, like, fuck, mm -hmm. fuck. Oh, yeah. you know, you know, fucking hitting the wall and shit, you know, in my booth. Oh, yeah. Fuck, because the words like stumble around, you know what I mean? And I refuse to like, uh, you know, alter the lyrics because I have to nail it. So it was a beast to record. I think it was a beast for everyone. I mean, Curso specifically was, it was a brutal album to record. But it shows the product, the end product, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, I just can't. I just can't. I, sometimes I wish I had that in me, but I just don't. I can't see her go, yeah, it was just another recording. It's cool. <laughs> like a Motley Crue guy. Like, no, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. It yeah. was crazy to record that album. It was insane. It was <laughs> it was insane. That's all I can say, man. It's the studio magic, though. It makes the best. I, there's yeah. nothing, nothing fancy about just like, oh, I'm just going to go in the studio and record and have that like lame mentality, you know? So. Yeah, and at the time we recorded in Curso, we were in the studio. They had this, a bunch of like musical uh, music magazines and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
I was reading this uh, recording, like a uh, studio diary of a Swedish, very known punk band. Uh-huh. And uh, so I had a break and I was sort of flipping through it and they go like, oh, we get to the studio and the first thing we do is break out a, bottle, a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there's a pinball machine, so we have this big tournament. And just like, dude, it made no sense to me. Like, what? What? And they, they were just hanging out like three days before they even started recording. Well, maybe we should set up the drums. And it was so like. Maybe that's it, the secret, though, dude. Well, <laughs> maybe we're just way too serious. <laughs> we just need to play pinball for a couple of days. And then the I, most gnarly death metal will come out afterwards, you know? Well. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Probably, you know, I'm not going to do the jazz. You well, it know, takes we, us way longer to set up the drum kit anyway, so we need those <laughs> days of time. But, yeah, dude, I think the only time we got drunk ever uh, recording Spawn, the only time I remember was uh, during the gambling, we had a day off. So we went and, and bought a bunch of beers and stuff, and, and we're, we're, we're watching uh, Tenacious D videos and, and like, <laughs> and just getting drunk and just having a day, like, let's releasing all that stuff for for a couple of hours and i think that was the only time like every yeah. time we were always sober and always very serious and you know won't jeopardize it we don't get the benefit most of the time of having the record labels give us a ton of money to spend all this time in the studio <laughs> so yeah. true that, yeah it's not that like a lot of things are yeah go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, the, the producer told me the story, this, this famous, uh, I got to be careful with my words here, but <laughs> Swedish artist, like, and uh, and that uh, rented the studio, brought her own producer, and they basically just locked themselves in the studio for a week or something. She was going to do some vocal tracking or something, and and when they they left and he came back to go to the studio, which just well, like wine bottles, hold up. They had put a big couch in the recording. She, basically, she was laying down recording and all kinds of stuff, like totally. <laughs> Obviously, she has a, a big image. She sells records and stuff, but I can never imagine recording. <laughs> like, no. But, no. And not only that, it's just, even I, I wouldn't want to do that, even if I could, you know. No. Dude, terrible. I got this whole another thing. Dude, what's up, Murray? You got Murdoch on the. Podcast. What's up? From uh oh yeah, 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 Trevor yeah. Xavier, good old Murdog. Oh man. And, and the famous Merseys as well. <laughs> Have you gotten your Mersey yet? Did that oh, yeah. oh, you got oh. one? Nice. Thank you. I Thank figured you. you would got one. Yeah. Um, so I just like, have... yeah, go ahead. Oh, go no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like when we tour, one of one of the things that I do remember from is that, again, I was drunk on the tour, but when we toured with uh with, uh, when we did the bloodletting, uh, like one of the things that when I think about that, one of like five things I think about is Murray like doing this with his head, with his bald head, like and it goes shredding the bass. I just remember seeing that every fucking night, like oh, getting yeah, oh, Murray like always bringing it, like such yeah. a cool, like super cool dude, and, and told funny stories and just just the coolest guy. Oh man, yeah, hell yeah. We were just talking the other night about Severed Savior, like just back in the day when with like Dusty on and and Big oh, yeah. Anthony on and obviously killing it. But just like all the shows back, dude, watching Severed Savior, like, dude, we were so blown away every time. Just like, what the fuck? Him and Gilbert, just like, what the fuck? Like, perfect, like, 
combo of musicians and of course all the other guitarists they had but dude Severed's insane i didn't realize at the time but uh gilbert was not on the tour oh really so, on this one I don't know why he wasn't on there was another dude and his name was sean oh, okay yeah guy but sure. he was a shredder but i don't know yeah. what what and he was much younger than everyone else like if i I remember correctly but he was sure, yeah they're all shredders yeah yeah <laughs> do you know i wanted to say i had a funny thought like about you're talking about like that person in the studio like laying on the floor and just getting drunk and recording and just blah and all this it's kind of funny if like you're like a, a super rich artist you know and they're like mm -hmm. okay you got to make this platinum album and you're just all like just sassy and just <laughs> bored and like rich and don't give a shit and you're yeah. just like go in there and you just like sing the worst like just don't even care like so out of key and do all this then you're like yeah fix it you know because like now like you could do that right so yeah. imagine just someone comes in and she's just like oh and she's like all right there you go take that that's all you got and then just like it's on contract you yeah. have to like auto-tune that and make it work now yeah 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 with this like well, shit on it like, like i heard sports again like from studios like i spoke i once met like one of sweden's like prime he plays um the organ like uh i don't know what it's called it's a specific sound you know, mm -hmm. i don't know the word for it what's the the uh like my fire with the doors what's that that, that the opening for that song? oh yeah the, the, do, 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 do. Organ, as you call that you call it an organ keyboard what i think it's it? an organ yeah yeah i'd have to hear it again i don't remember what that's like sounds. a rock organ or whatever yeah i don't know so he, he's he was he's sort of the guy that everyone rants every artist rants and he told about this really really famous swedish artist and, and he told this funny story because i was at some what vip music thing or whatever and i didn't know who he was i mean it's a different world you know and he was like yeah i play the hell i play record with a bunch of artists and, and i said oh cool so what she's like you know i asked about some lady that is old and very famous and, and you know made a lot of hits and stuff and he was like no she's fucked up I go, fuck up. He's like, and he said well i was playing like i was doing a track and she would say cut and she would come in and she would go like hey can i get more uh autumn and more leaves in your playing you're playing snow right now i want you to play leaves he told oh, me oh man <laughs> In the beginning, he was like, what, what do you mean, leaves? Well, I don't want summer. Yes. Summer song. <laughs> Play with leaves. She was doing shit with that. Like, Dude, that's the best. After a while, he realized he had to, like, okay. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. And he just mm -hmm. changed a bit, and she was happy. But yeah. she would go on for the entire record. She sold a bunch of records. But she was doing that. I mean, she, obviously, she's one of those, like, the label will pay for anything. Like, yeah. Right. So she can do that, you know. But that's what's so fucking cool about like what, what I would real artists. Like, you know, like maybe you, she wants a little more warmth in it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like a little breezy and like not frozen, like you know, he's maybe he's playing too cold. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about this whole thing. Sorry, dude. Kidding. He told me that story. Like he told me a bunch of stories about famous artists. Oh, yeah. But so cool when you watch like like real guy, like like super huge artists like fucking you know michael jackson he would come in he would do all the harmonies himself totally pro you can say whatever you want about the guy but right. he totally came in and he did all the harmonies did everything it was like no bullshit i'm just gonna do it nail it there was a there was a little off 
point if you want to hear this, but it's pretty cool. There's a, there's a guy just from around here that he went to Hollywood and became one of the big, biggest, uh, uh, you know, uh, sound effects guys in the world. He, um, he makes, uh, you know, the effects of a horse running in shotguns and shit. I think he won like three Oscars. He, he worked with Ridley Scott and all the great ones. Yeah. And he was doing it like a, uh, he had a long uh, talk on radio about that. And he, and they talked about, like, he has worked with every, because he does, uh, like, the dubbing stuff when, they, when they, the actors have to come in and do, um, uh, do the dialogue again. Um, like watch the stars. Yeah, yeah, Luke. Yes, it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and he said it was so funny because he said like anytime you get like, you will get these semi kind of famous actors, and they would have like a big entourage, and they would be really like <laughs> shitty, and they they weren't prepared, and they couldn't really do it, and he had to really like coach them, and then you have like guys like Jack Nicholson and De Niro and Gary Oldman and all those those people come in and they were came in alone and they fucking nailed it. Yeah, they were just like boom, 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 boom. No bullshit. No, 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 no. Like, I just love that that pro mentality of some people. Like we say, like artists in general, you know, just coming in and fucking nailing it, and just, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what defines our genre in general, right? It's kind of yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe not for some bands, but I think a lot of us, especially with tech deck or like tech death, are like. <clears throat> this is just more of a labor of love. It's obviously we're not making a ton of money off of this. So, and we love doing it obviously. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> I can't imagine just again, having that much money and just being able to sit in the studio and get hammered all the time. It'd be fucking sweet. No, it makes no sense. Yeah. And, and especially like when we, when we toured with, uh, I, I forget, we did a tour and we had this tour manager, this old guy, but he was, terrific tour manager he knew everything and knew everybody and all the clubs and got us food and money and he, it was never no there was no problems uh, around when he was around but yeah. anyway he had toured with uh this, this is really interesting he had toured with uh motley crew in the 80s like when they were the biggest like yeah. i guess i could feel good around that time right and i was like how what was that like and he goes those guys were like coked up and heroin and drinking and you know doing all this crazy shit and he was like yeah that's totally true they did all that stuff but once they got on stage they fucking delivered like every night they would shock and he couldn't believe, like he said like the entire crew were like tonight they're not going to be able to play and sure enough they got up and they played fuck it's really interesting you know so some people can handle that stuff yeah <laughs> same tolerance built up just yeah, day after day of fucking <laughs> just Aussie style, you know. It's yeah, tight. real. Right. Right. Well, it's tight. I say it's tight, but it's not tight. It's not tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but or I don't know if not funny. Either. I don't know what to say, dude. All I know is that movie, The Dirt, is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Are you watching Pam and Tommy? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. David showed me the other night, dude. It's okay. I mean, no, I don't mean it's okay. I just mean, all right. I'm like, I'm like, am I going to get into this now? Like, this is going to, oh, shit. <laughs> I got to watch it. It's, 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 it's good, dude. It's funny. I got to, it's out of control. Um, By the way, Dennis, uh, David asked a question I'd like to post real quick because I think it's important. And actually, David, I was already talking to Dennis about this, I think, recently, but we'll see where you're at. Uh, 
Dennis, I see a Blade Runner picture behind you. Are you watching Raised by Wolves? Which is, you know. No, um, actually, I spoke to Mr. KC about this just uh, right. not long ago. And no, I was really psyched about it. And uh, no, I have not seen it. And I want to see it. Anything that Mr. Ridley Scott puts out, I'm uh, always psyched about. Um, I'm a huge Blade Runner fan, like huge. I got the fucking, if you can see that, like I got the tattoo of, uh, um, yeah. Blade Runner fucking was it again? Sorry, I think the screen was on the side. Can you put it in the middle? Oh, the yeah. What do you oh. want? What are we talking about? Oh, I, I couldn't see it was like on the side of the screen. You oh, put like more oh. in the middle. There it is. I can see. Like so it's inverse. Yeah, but that's uh, <laughs> my rail corporation logo. I put that on there like a long time ago. Oh um, yeah, dude. <laughs> and actually I have a whole series of of, of paintings that i've framed that i have on my walls like real paintings that are not posters i'm, I'm really geeky about that and i love blade right and, and no i haven't seen race by wolves uh i'm stoked to watch it but um i'm I a fan and so when i have like a, a few minutes over like for myself i usually play some bass right now or you know uh yeah yeah that's basically i, I have to i know what you're playing on bass <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and i've been playing a lot of bass to the point where um i actually now uh i busted my hand and rob black warned me about this he was oh, like no. hey like steve harris kind of bass playing uh you, oh, you, you gave it away and I, <laughs> yeah i went for the gallop like all all the way with two fingers and all that and sure enough i woke up one morning could move my fingers so my hand. So I'm going to see a, I'm going to see a specialist in a, in about a week. It's going to take a look. So uh, is that like a form of carpal tunnel or is it different? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like that. Where I don't know really. It's an inflammatory thing in my. It starts mm -hmm. by by the knuckle, and then goes on the upper side, and then in my certainly my thumb, and then it goes uh, all the way up in my arm. And I think the funny thing is, you don't use if you're going to play Steve Harris stuff, you don't use your thumb. Still, I mm -hmm. uh, always hurting, so I gotta check that out, you know. But um, in conclusion, yes, I will watch Race by Wolf. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great, man. Like I, I've I've loved it the whole time. Then this second season is on HBO, and like, dude, it's just like I'm just watching it. I'm just like, this is my favorite show I've ever seen. Like better uh -huh. than Game of Thrones, better than Breaking Bad, whatever. I just to me that's the subject matter, and like, dude, it's just right up. It's so. It's like Blade Runner meets Alien meets fucking Dune meets fucking everything. It's so, but mostly Blade Runner kind of, but like in a different, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, dude. You just got to watch it. It's great. I'm gonna, so, we'll, we'll talk about but that Dennis and I have had some conversations about Blade Runner and <laughs> concept stuff. And uh, yeah, so that's cool that David asked about that. So, yeah. Um, so if, if you just, just to throw out a little nerd, if we're going to get a little nerdy about it. If there's yeah. a documentary uh about uh about uh, a guy named alejandro uh, yodorovsky oh i've oh fuck dude are you talking about the the dune one yeah yeah, oh, yeah i have it i have it dude oh i'm obsessed with that one actually <laughs> and the fact that that yeah. really make the original dune oh with with giger and all those crazy oh. fucking people. dude wasn't salvador dali gonna be like in a scene 
yeah, you want to, the premise of him being in it was what they wanted him. And he said, if you let me like fire to a giraffe, okay, I'll be in it. And they were like, okay. And Jarowski was like, yeah, you can, you can, you can put fire on a giraffe. It's okay. Just you get him into the movie. And then he was obviously uh, doing yeah. it. It's so, called Jodorowsky's Dune. That's the documentary, right? Yeah. And it's, it's made by a, a great director. Um, uh, Nicholas Bidding, a Danish director, he made Drive, and he made a, he made a oh, okay. He made the he, documentary. Mm -hmm. He's awesome. He's really he he made a couple of films with uh, that American uh, the guy who played uh, that had the uh, the, uh, the the latest the, the Blade Runner the new Blade Runner what's his oh. name Ryan Gosling oh yeah yeah sure he made a bunch of films with him he made the uh, ah. movie called Drive that I highly recommend I love it oh, okay. Film. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. But nice. it, all, it all connects, like, that stuff. Like, Jodorowsky mm. was the one that started it all, and then it, it went to, he was going to do Dune, and that fell apart, so really he was going to pick up the pieces. That fell apart. So then uh, they had, uh, the, the alien came along, and he was mm. like, and the guy down on Bannon who was involved in the original Dune showed him the Necronomicon book and showed him the alien, and really was like, that's it. And the studio's like, well, maybe we can work. No, 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 no. That's it. That's the alien. Fuck you. Let's do it. <laughs> it's crazy around that time. Well, Star Wars had come out and then it was like Space Odyssey 2000, like the late 70s, mid 70s and all that time. It's like, dude, it was like such a fucking sick time for movies, like just in the art, like that they're able to do. And like, it was like, man, dude, the amount of the movies coming out back then were, it would have been so cool if that was made. Fuck, you know, oh, but yeah. What's your favorite Jodorowsky movie? Mine's Holy Mountain, probably. Or um, you know what? I oh. I I actually haven't seen a single movie. Oh really? I've, oh dude. At the okay, so when I was like around, like when I got into Death Metal and there was like all these extreme films and shit, there was a film like someone told me on a film called uh, uh, Santa Sangre. Oh Santa Sangre, yeah, that one's insane. That one's so good. It's oh, fucked up though. <laughs> well, yeah, it was like this. Like, movies i remember being in gothenburg hanging out oh, with a bunch goodness. of metal guys in, in gothenburg in bands and shit and he said oh have you seen that this fucking elephant is like bleeding from the fucking nose oh, yeah. and it's oh, like, yeah, just remember yeah. I, I don't i don't know if i want to watch that fucking film and it's oh, a dude free and whatever but uh i like i said I, I'm, I'm raising kids now so i, I don't get around there's a fine <laughs> if i want to watch that backtrack and, and new stuff and, uh you know, the one to watch i would say is holy mountain yeah like if there's the one to start with um it's like the most visually like f popular one i guess with all the, like the guy with the big hat and all the scenes and it's just so it's just super psychedelic all i can say well, and, and, but in a really like insane dark way but, but like really unique and sick it's like yeah he's a crazy director dude uh called uh, El Topo, right? Oh, El Topo, I love that one. That's like one of my yeah. favorite for sure. I've read about them and stuff, but I haven't yeah. seen them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that one and Holy Mountain, I think, are the most fun to watch. And then there's like other ones that are like not as fun to watch. Like, like they're just insane. They're yeah. so good though. Um, I don't know. Yeah, sick. So like, so what's like, you know, some of your you know, but back with Spawn, like, and let's, let's go take it back to Incurso to keep it in the, in the, in the theme a little bit. Like, so like specifically with Incurso, what was like, you know, if you want to go over certain songs or anything, but like, what would be like your main kind of lyrical approach and influence on like just the album, the concept, the art, the, 
you know, what is Concurso about, you know? Well, uh, again, I, I pretty much went with, uh, uh, well, fundamentally the, the, the spawn session way of like writing, um, I guess, smaller horror stories, you know, like, like yeah. instead of a novel, I would write like a lyric. For sure. And, and, and also, I have to say, like, a lot of the lyrics for Incurso, I, and, and this pretty much goes for all the records, but there's so many notes and so much backstory to a lot of those songs. And then I, I write a story and, and try to condense it down and, and make it fit into uh, the, the song. Or sometimes I will write the lyric and then expand on it. Depends a little bit. So um, it's basically, it, there are stories that each song is basically a little story i think um, totally totally that's how like usually we've written stuff before too like in with decrepit or with odious like like bill would, would explain with, with decrepit i mean they would have album concepts too but he would be more like this song is about like this thing yeah and, like you know like this guy clones like rebirth of consciousness this i don't even want to i'll probably ruin the whole explanation but he basically clones himself over and over again and then thinks he's god or something anyways i can't explain it like bill can but anyways but like that's kind of more like song based right like each song has its own little thing and that's that's sick man so like is there a song that stands out to you as like one of your like ones that you were really into like i mean they're all great but it's well, for example that well, I'll, I'll, uh, i'm gonna tell you a crazy story this is really crazy uh this sick. is Got to be very careful with my words here. I think, but <laughs> I have to tell you this. This is crazy. Okay, so uh, the song uh, "Bodiless Sleeper." It starts with mm -hmm. this very innocent sort of uh, out of tune doll piano. It's just creepy opening, and then it's just a brutal fucking track. You know, when I wrote those lyrics, I was listening to the song and stuff. I had this idea that. I guess I made it up, you know, that it's about this uh, individual who um, in, in his mind believes that you can cut someone help, help, some, someone's head off and then cut your own head off and switch heads, which was nice. which this individual makes total sense. Um, and uh, I haven't actually read this lyric in i guess 10 years so i forget if he if he pulls it off but it, it's just in his mind it, it it makes sense and everything and that was that and then about i don't know a year ago i was talking to because uh, i i work in psychiatry and i was talking to a higher up and she tells me this really creepy story she was like yeah we there was a case somewhere in Sweden where uh, someone was going to do that. Someone was actually going to, you know, decapitate another person and replace his own head with that head. Because in his mind, it, it made sense to do that because that person was smarter and looking or whatever. I don't know the details, but they caught him doing it like while he was chopping off a fucking head and i was like like the more she told me the more i thought dude that 
thought he was a sleeper. I'm, I'm not making this up. Totally, like, totally. And I was like, dude, that's, oh, really? That? And I was like, dude, that's in the lyric too. And I was like, whoa. And I brought it home. I was thinking about it. I was like, dude, that's crazy. Like, And then I started thinking, like, the creepiest part of it all was like, did that individual read the lyric? Like, did the lyric inspire that? I don't I have no idea. I don't know who this individual was, or that's, you know. No, no. I'm serious. And I, I know she wasn't lying to me. She, I mean, she doesn't know Swan Obsession. She doesn't know like me that way. She told me that she told me the story, and I was like, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, cool. And I went home and was like, oh, I couldn't go to sleep. I was like, dude, really? And then some, somewhere along the line, it hit me that what if, what if uh, that person read the lyric? I don't know. <laughs> Fucking <That's insane>. <laughs> Just don't right. it. Not worth it. <laughs> no. That's like some black metal shit. Dude. Yeah. <clears throat> or write a song about that guy now that you've already written the song. And then he went and did that. Now you can write a song about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is so, is is black metal or death metal bigger in Sweden? Uh, I I, uh, I would say death metal for sure. Huh. Like Sweden has always been death metal country, but there's definitely some some you know formidable. And, and black you would call you would call like at the gates death metal. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. 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 I like, too. Uh, like Twilight in the in the Twilight bands, like dissection and stuff. This mm, whole yeah, yeah. Like debates, like no, and they always stated like I remember they stated in their sleeve it was like we we played metal of death. They didn't want to be brand metal of death. Yeah. Oh, that's but a real thing. I thought that was a joke. That's funny. Yeah. Metal of death. <laughs> but I don't know. Like we had some strong, uh, you know, very classic black metal bands in Sweden for sure. But yeah. In, in general it's more it, norway huh yeah yeah oh yeah for sure yeah yeah that that, that was their thing that was a crazy time because when all that shit happened like with with all the mayhem and the person and all that stuff mm -hmm. when we started playing together like me and jonas and we had uh, a couple of guys in, the, in that band at that time who would constantly order like get like uh, signed magazines and you know underground literature so they would come and tell us like did you hear about the dying emperor he killed a gay guy and it was with a knife and, oh, and this jesus was, like, insane it was news like so uh, we didn't we was like really and it was <laughs> terrible yeah it was the count grishnak and, and he killed yeah. the guy he had it was all these stories yeah i remember the, the guy who shot himself in mayhem and, and they, they put it on a they put a Dead body on an album cover. I mean, those guys were really. I didn't know that. Hardcore, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He blew it off, and they took it. They took. They found him and took a pic. As far as I know, they took a picture of his blown up skull and put it on uh, on, a, on a signal and released it. Oh fuck. <laughs> those dudes, they were, they were serious. And I gotta tell you, like, uh, uh, it was so. <laughs> I was working with. Uh, I had a uh, a guy work. And he was he was so into like hardcore rap and hip hop, and a lot of the reason he was he he loved the music, but he was into like the gangster shit. <laughs> but also had like he was like oh 
So you're deaf, you're into black metal. So we were swapping stories and he told me by like DMX and, you know, like uh, all those old school rappers who was like real gangster stuff, you know, it was so funny. It was basically, you know, crazy yeah. people fucking killing each other left and right. Yeah, it's pretty insane whenever like violence like that is associated with music, like straight up, like mm. just not even like a question of it. <laughs> like just like, yeah, totally like right out in the open, just brutal violence. Like. <laughs> I mean, I love hip hop and rap, and I I love all that shit, like gangster rap and shit. I love it, but I, obviously, I don't like take it seriously in a way that I'm like connected to that, you know. But I just think it's I love, and I love black metal too. But I try to veer away from stuff that's just like doesn't. I don't know. Whatever. I don't like to say anything. All I'm gonna say is I like a lot of black metal. It's sick, and uh, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. It's funny. It's a. Uh, I want to go up there. I want to come to Scandinavia really bad. I've like always wanted to. J J Joseph has dual citizenship in Sweden. Uh, yeah. We could like, I don't know. I should come out there. Or I want to go to Iceland too because it's not, it's like there's different. Well, that's obviously far, far away from Scandinavia. But I want to take a trip. Do that. Alex, are you down? Yeah. Let's what, do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do like, a, let's go to Iceland and then let's go to uh, Scandinavia. That's, yeah. That's been like, one of those top top of the list kind of destination places yeah man ha, have you been out to finland dennis no. yeah yeah i'm sure because it's right there right no, you were telling us about how it's a completely different like language and everything right like it's like totally different yeah like yeah, look, that's right Scandinavia overall is pretty much like the same sign yeah the, the same yeah students and food and shell people look the same but language in uh, like all the languages are different but I can understand Danish. I can understand Norwegian to a certain point. But Finnish is completely crazy language. I mean, I Finland. Get me wrong, like the Finnish bands and stuff. But yeah. their language is fucking—it's crazy. It's a mix of Russian or something. I don't know what it is. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But you guys should come out. I told Joseph, like, if you wanted to come out, man, uh, just to. Like, you let me know in time we'll set something up you know when's the best time of year to come visit <laughs> time what, what was it summertime summertime yeah sure like sweden is, sweden is like now it's pretty shitty it's it's cold it, well it's, it was nice today but it's cold and it's kind of you know um you know if you've if you've like if you've seen the exorcist i always think about sweden when i watch that film like sweden together it has to really? You know, it's it's fall time and it's kind of the wind is cold. Like the winds are really cold. Like I live by, like, yeah. by the coast. I have like five minutes down to the water, and, and this time of year it's not very nice. Blowing hard, but in the summertime it's super. It's very nice, you know. Nice. Yeah. On, yeah. And, and, oh, it's funny, it's funny too. Like uh, I heard it was it was pretty interesting. I heard uh, uh, the guys, the South Park guys, were doing press for. Uh, um team america and uh, yeah like we're suckers for coming to sweden because you have all these old buildings and castles and you know that we don't have that in los angeles it's just like the sky right. doesn't it's like a different world in a way and like my hometown like we have a beautiful castle and we have old town and we all that all that shit you know if you want to if you want to see that stuff you know it's absolutely yeah it's nice yeah, we're spoiled with the California weather in, in some weird ways. And I, every time I go to a, a place that's like, well, like I was just in Chicago for a couple of weeks, I'm like, 
I can't fucking do this for this long. <laughs> it sucks. It's so cold. <laughs> going to, I imagine going over there is probably somewhat similar. Maybe not as windy, but probably somewhat similar. Nice. So Alex, uh, <clears throat> so we've mentioned it, but just to, so people know, so we have Alex Basie as a guest host uh, this week, and he plays an odious mortem. Um, and uh, obviously from his band Ominous Rune, if you haven't heard them, he's been on the podcast before and good friend of ours. And uh, we we put together this kind of episode as a last minute thing to do a fun uh, album review of this, kind of try something different. And we were talking to Dennis about doing a review of Incurso for their 10 year anniversary. So just to touch on that, it's been, we've been going for about two hours and I'm down to as long as you guys want. Um, but uh, this is super cool. Um, and so Alex, uh, if, if you guys don't know, first of all, check out Ominous Ruin. They're an insane band on uh, Willitit Records, right? You guys are, yep. Yep. Um, yep. And you guys are doing shows right now. And you said you guys are working on some new stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah, stuff for cool. sure. I have a, well, I don't know where my phone went, but not that it matters. I have a picture of our drum set all set up, ready to record. Oh. For a so you can actually do do the album tracks. You like ready not to the go. Whole album tracks, just like scratch tracks. I don't know. Okay, cool. It's just in like in a practice studio. It's nothing like super crazy. Nice. When yeah. Casey called me, I was like on my way to my practice studio, and he called me like, "Dude, what are you doing?" I'm like driving. <laughs> you want to like be on this this quick uh, album review with uh, Dennis? I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I do." Hold on, let me figure this out real quick. So I like turned <laughs> around basically and just drove back home. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've been waiting to meet Dennis for a long time. I know we got some stuff we probably can't talk about in the works, but yeah, it's going to be sick. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There is some secrets we can't talk about yet, but that's more enticing for, you know, all of, I mean, I, I'm excited and I'm not, I'm involved in it. But uh, yeah, um, the whole thing is uh, it's really cool, like um, how bands and musicians are influenced from different you know generations and every 10 15 20 years or whatever like in the the metal scene seems to recreate itself every five to ten years kind of in different ways and there's you know yeah. oh, the 2000 stuff the 90s stuff you know it's just e easy to categorize it that way but it's kind of interesting cool you know or interesting now and cool like meeting people that are like 30 or like 10 years younger than me or whatever and that you know different stuff so like uh and and Alex is an insane guitar player and you know um with the new odious stuff that we have talked about that um Dennis has heard some of this stuff and so Alex is playing guitar and all that and recording it and he's yeah. been mixing my drums and all that so that's Alex oh, is yeah. an insane yeah. engineer so that's and he he recorded ominous ruin also so when you listen to that you'll know but uh anyways uh I, I wanted to ask you Alex like what um are, are there certain songs of yours from you know, Spawn of Possession that really influenced you and stuff, and and also with Incurso, and because that's the topic. But just yeah. you're playing, and like you know, I'm I'm sure that because before we we've talked about Spawn, me and Alex a lot of times, like, and I know that he's a huge fan, and so yeah. that's <laughs> one of the, I know right exactly, but that's one of the reasons I asked him to come on today because I was like, dude, I know that Alex is gonna love talking to you about Spawn. And, yeah, and I mean, you. well, I, and I it's kind of crazy because I actually I don't know if I've really even thought about like. I mean, that was a huge part of like my my childhood. Yeah, Justin, hell yeah, dude! I saw him at the show. Thank you. Um, I mean, teenage years, formidable teammate, teenage years. I think I was in high school when like uh, Cabinet and Octaverlet came out. So I was like, me and my homies were just ripping that shit, just driving around illegally <laughs> without licenses. Just like, this is the shit. I can't. How the fuck does anybody even come up with this music? And uh, I would say that. Off a of cap, I mean the whole album is is kind of like formidable to how I thought about music for a long time. 
because it was like super aggressive but also catchy and groovy and like just had every element just kind of thrown into one but i think um i don't know scorched is a big one for me off an octamulant that just kind of made it just pushed the limits of fucking everything <laughs> and i i remember watching your interview and you were just like i don't know how the hell i'm going to play this but like i'm just going to go through and power through but i'm trying to think of um hidden flesh everyone everyone keeps saying i don't know maybe i shouldn't say this but everyone keeps saying that we should cover hidden flesh and i'm like that would be sick i the tabs for some reason don't seem to make sense to me but whatever <laughs> i could figure it out um a present inexplicable that that's probably like one of my all-time favorites wow cool that's cool yeah. that's i mean just because it's again it's like it starts off super catchy and then gets super aggressive and then goes back to catchy and it's like it's sick uh, and um if we're talking about it curso it's like like i said earlier i was waking up to uh, the apparition for a while just <laughs> Sounds like I'm a vampire, like as the light starts to shine or go down, I guess it would be like, <laughs> it was sick. Um, I mean, the whole album just kind of defines everything. It, I, I feel like when I first started listening to death metal in general, it was more just like brutal stuff, right? So you had, or I mean, you know, you had like, you're, like we we're just talking about DSI, Morbid Angel, things like that. Um, Gorgon's pushed the limits, but I didn't really get into them. And I didn't really find about them until like, I don't know years down the road mm -hmm. but so some of the first shit that i heard that was kind of more melodic and had more just um i guess guitar influence things that like where the guitar would stand out and actually do riffs that that were super influential and just actually became a like its own sort of thing you know not just like just more like you know audible note is notes so it was Spawn of Possession. That was the thing. And Necrophag, just obviously. And I think people still talk about him all the time for that reason, you know? And it's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to actually like sit here and talk to, yeah, talk to you guys. And, and joining Odious Mortem was a whole nother deal for me, too, that I was like, it's something that I kind of never would have imagined to, like, even happen or that would have even, even been possible was just... Another band that I listened to, I, what Cryptic Implosion came out around like what 2006, 2007? Yeah, seven. We're on there. April. You know, just another album that became an all-time favorite, and Severed Savior, of course, Decrepit Birth, and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I guess like we kind of are like sort of the next generation, and my whole band fucking obviously loves Spawn of Possession, Odious Mortem, Severed. This is kind of the same shit. We all just like kind of look up to that era of music, and yeah, of course, man. And then I'm sure like you guys had the other era that. I mean, we still like all that old stuff too. I mean, it's not like that was that far off. No. I'm kind of curious as to like the next generation of music. What are they gonna listen to in the next generation of metal? Like, what are they gonna refer back to? You know, it's it's gonna be interesting. It, yeah, and also like how how far will they take it? Like the next step. Yeah. Like I remember, like when we uh, like early on when we were playing. Uh, this is way, way back, like in the in the 90s, like me and Carlson, the uh, the original guitar player who played on Cabin and like Tambling, mm -hmm. we were like producers, and, and he would say, like, man, imagine like in 10 years where the genre will go. Imagine yeah. 20 years. Like, he loved to fantasize about that. It's gonna be so sick. And well, and but it's hard to grasp that. It's like you yeah. can't 
go any any more sick than than what what's going on right now. You can't do <laughs> than this. And obviously, bands were pushing it, and drummers, guitar players, and bass players, like everybody, got more crazy with everything. Totally. And then you get bands like Ophidia and I that just, I don't know, uh, just sound like robots because they're so fast. Yeah. So fast. Sick. That's, not a, that's a compliment, not an insult. Oh, hell yeah. No, we were talking about that last night, dude. We were just talking that with Dreamer yeah. and stuff and those guys. And that song, Unfurling, mm-hmm. is like 300 beats a minute or whatever. And dude, that's it. It's like, it's so good, though, for that. It's hard to pull that off. Like, Origin and bands do that shit, too. But dang, like, they pull it off. It's just like, how do you fucking do that? God damn. But obviously... So yeah, but you were like that at the time, like with Spawn and like, you know, when it was like scorched and shit, we're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know, that's how it was, man. But it's I I think that like, OK, it's like exponential growth or, or the whole like, you know, whatever the whole like, computer like, you know, thing, how that all works, whatever the name of that is. But that like, you know, exponential type of thing like with music, like in growth, I I feel like like us old guys are like loving all the new stuff. And like, you know, we had we were talking yeah. to Kelly Schaefer from Atheist, like, you know, a couple weeks ago and he was so like had such a cool perspective on on all the genres and the and eras of music and stuff and he was just all like like man i've i put a clip up of it but he's like i really respect like all, all the new bands and all the new stuff he's like it's so different and crazy and like you know it's all respect it's not what we were doing the same way but it's totally cool um but i was thinking it's a funny thought like what if just like music like this style of music just got so fast and so insane that it just like disappeared or something like it's just like uh, speed yeah. of light just, just gone it's all oh you reach like 666 beats a minute all oh, of a sudden yeah. the music just disappears or like or, or what if songs became so short that that it was like like you had to have this like upgraded like you had to be born in like 2040 to even grasp like it could just like a, like a three second song she's like and it's done and you're like you didn't hear that solo you didn't ca- and you were just like what are you it's just like scrambled to us because our brains like can't we are our, our, our software like anthony always says like can't upgrade to that next level like we're stuck with our old pe- like our old uh, motherboards in our brain like will not upgrade like the the you know the intel chip can't handle the new ram and and that's what our drive yeah it's gonna push us to the next level and yeah neural links yeah that's <laughs> what so we need dude we need to be we need we need to be like dudes that's the whole blade runner thing dennis knows dude he, <laughs> he's got it down like there's got to be some kind of hyper link whatever you call it i, I think about it and, and uh, i i thought about exactly what you're talking about and what's interesting is that um there there's always going to be like a whole a whole like a lot of bands uh sort of pushing in and and go further but there will only be like a at best like a handful of bands that that that's that stays with it or, or rather like that people pay attention to yeah. and then you have like i mean god knows how many times fucking we heard like over the it, ever since we started i've been told by people like like oh uh, so like it's why don't you like tone it down or go back and do like you know more like old school and stuff people people get stuck in the old school stuff and i mean obviously i mean when i'm talking about these like legion that's very old school mm-hmm. but it doesn't change the fact that i'm totally oh excuse me I'm, I, I totally support um like bands moving forward taking it to new heights and doing all this crazy shit you, you know that 
before I hear it, it's unimaginable. I, I, I can't imagine where any band would take it to the next level. Right. And, and you know, there's a band and they're fucking doing it. And, and you go like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Like, that's well, crazy. What the fuck? There's this band that did that and they're called Spawn of Possession. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years ago, uh, they uh, basically did that to all of us. So, right. you know, you should it check them out. Dude, you should check them yeah. out, Dennis. You like them, dude. They're good. So I mean, that, that uh, because when when we were playing it, it was uh, it was like when we were doing cabinet, like those tracks when we finally made the record, and and I like again, yeah, I'm like such a cynic. Like we, we put out the demos, and we got this this great response. Like people were writing us and bands, and we traded and stuff. And we're like, oh my god, it's so great. And I always thought like, ah, oh, that's just bullshit. It's just. <laughs> you know keeping good relations with new bands it's cool with you I, I was just so cynical about that whole thing and then we put on cabinet and i remember eric um over at unique leader he was like before he, he we talked on the phone and he said dude you have a lot of pre-orders man it's gonna go great and still i thought uh, he's just saying that because he has to say that. Like, it's not really anybody interested in what we're doing. I, I honestly, I really thought so. And then, um, and then when when we got over there and then we started touring and stuff, like I was proven wrong, and he was he was totally right, you know. And, and you know, it's it's so it's so crazy to hear you guys talk about it and what it meant to you guys. Like I said this so many times before. It's insane, like uh, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> never well, had, we never had these conversations in the band ever. Like, oh, I wonder how much we can inspire. Yeah, you talked about that's so crazy, huh? Isn't that weird? Yeah, like because I feel like some bands did have that conversation or might have had that conversation. Isn't that kind of like what was it, narcissist? Like if you, oh hell yeah, are, dude. If that's your main goal, right? That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> so, oh yeah, totally, but. People are crazy. Like, yeah, people do all kinds. I'm just saying. All I mean, out of all the bands out there, I'm sure someone like was. Yeah, right. But but it's nice to know that like, and even for us, because even when like we're starting to get older, we're in our 30s now, and it's like that. There's still people that are younger than us that are still getting into this type of music and still like bringing, trying to bring it alive, make it stay a thing. Because it sounds like, you know, every so often you're just like, fuck, is this genre? Is this even worth it? You don't make money anyways. And like, if we go on tour, is anybody going to even show up? Like, you know, so but it's nice to know. It sounds like everyone's actually contributing and, you know, new younger bands are coming out all the time and just kind of making it, making it happen, keeping the scene alive. Right. Oh yeah, totally. And I also think that what what's so cool about, if you look at like cultural things, like what's going on, or like, I guess on a, on a global, but certainly like in the West is, you know, it, there's so much judgment involved and yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, totally. you, you know, all this identity, all this and stuff. And for me, like metal all together and certainly like the stuff that we're talking about is like, Hey dude, how do you sound? What's yeah. that's all I care about. I couldn't care less about you. Actually. I want to hear the record. That's all. Yeah. That's what's important here, like your art, your craft. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think we live in pretty superficial times, you know, just generally in the more in the bigger scope. So yeah. I'm so happy about that genres like this, and I'm, I'm sure like 
you know, like jazz and stuff like that. It's who cares? Like it's all about the music. That's yeah. That's what matters, man. You know, and we can get into whatever, like how it's played and the productions and like all those fun details. But at the end of the day, like, is, does it sound good? Yes. Yeah. Do it. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, and all, all the other details, as long as you're a cool ass dude, you know, probably doesn't matter as much. Right. I think uh, like at the end of the day, like you said, the music is, is most important. I don't know. We do live in some weird internet superficial times where everything just kind of, for some reason, we're, it's like hypersensitive. Everything's hypersensitive right now. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world without yeah. getting too far into it. But it's, you know, I when I think back to when I was a kid and like the metal scene like accepted us for who we were because we were different, we were unique, and it didn't matter. Like you kind of didn't really have to explain yourself in a weird way, you know? So that totally also like like i'm on this podcast because i was in spawn of possession i'm not in this podcast because i'm famous yeah right <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like yeah. today you, you have people being famous and i'm like what what did what have you done well like what what's what do you do like show me and they're like they don't have anything they're just fucking famous yeah, yeah. They, have, they showed it what no i'm not gonna get into it either but you know what i mean it's like yeah, yeah instagram i have like a hundred thousand followers right yeah. so what do you do it's like no are you Elon musk or you yeah. know like you do like, no no i haven't done anything yeah it's just what? like i made a video that went viral <laughs> like yeah, exactly and it's like i i just have a problem respecting that i, I really I, I i just can't get into that stuff i really yeah. The sad part is that a lot of people get into it, like yeah. all that shit. And I'm like, what, really? Like it's pop culture, right? It's kind of how it always worked. Yeah, for sure. It maybe is. why we didn't, maybe why we didn't gravitate toward it in the first place is because we are, we wanted to always kind of have that, you know, like you said earlier, the metal scene is unique for its own. I don't know. It's just different. We we kind of there's a like a romanticism about it being different, not not something that everyone's into, not a whole pop scene so yeah and, and, and i remember like I, I i got into sepultura and the, at first glance it was like oh they're from brazil that's cool yeah and that i didn't care about i i didn't think about brazil after that i was right. just like <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like, yep. i remember i got into both thrower heavy and all of a sudden i realized oh shit their bass player is a, a woman she's a girl right and it was like, hey, did you know this? Oh, that's pretty cool for five minutes. And then I didn't care more. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't care. You look at a band like Suffocation, yeah. like, why would I care? It's all about the music. They write great music. I don't care about anything else. And that's, I think, now it's been so exploited and so talked about. And there's all these debates and these opinions and blah, blah, blah. And it's mm -hmm. so detrimental to art, in my opinion. Yeah. Totally. Matter. totally shouldn't matter. It's like, what do you bring it like show me what you got and that's all that matters to me really you know i couldn't care less you know <laughs> yeah i mean i 100 percent agree i it's if you put out a bad product i don't know how it is you get famous but it just seems like that's how it happens all the time and just people are really good at marketing themselves or whatever i don't know <laughs> so yeah totally but i would i would totally agree i think my food is about to show up so i'll be right back <laughs> Here it is. <laughs>
got no sound, dude. Can't hear you, dude. Oh shit, I was muted. I'm sorry. Uh, I was about to try not to interrupt. Um, did you you don't watch American American football at all, do you? Uh no. Okay. You, you didn't see the Super Bowl performance? The the halftime show? Oh, wait a minute. It was like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and all that. No. Oh, it was so good. I heard something, but I heard something about I thought it was really cool. There was a big there was a thing. Oh, was that good? Yeah, it was dope. <laughs> My career, yeah. I don't know why I brought it up, but yeah. That, but, that, uh, that. yeah. yeah. We were like What's up? No, I, I, I when I for some reason when I was uh, when my daughter was born when I was cha- changing diapers I always put on uh, still Dre and oh um, sick oh my like that 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 and, and then I would change her diapers and stand there and she would laugh like I don't know why <laughs> that's <laughs> it's funny dude for changing song you know <laughs> you know uh, not yeah. as no we don't we don't get American football over here. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was just randomly brought that up, but so like you know, oh yeah. So um, you know, we have announced uh just on the as we're waiting for Alex to get back uh, that you know we are gonna do the retromorphosis stuff. I don't know. Is there anything you talk about that yet? Probably. Yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's kind well, of a new thing. We're and Casey again, like like we're all super stoked that you joined in. Like oh yeah, I'm stoked too. We're super happy about that. And uh, so just to be clear, like, it's going to be like, uh, it's, it's myself and, and Jonas and Alan and you, Casey. And um, I'm so stoked about that and, and Jonas for sure. Um, we, there was, there's just been a bunch of halts on the way. Uh, I got the fucking COVID thing. I, I was really uh, in bad shape over that. Um, and, sucks, man. Put it this way, I wasn't the only one in retro that got it. So uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, everyone's getting it. So things it's just been halting. It's just been a thing. It's totally happening. Jonas uh has been negotiating with labels. Um, I haven't spoken to him about that uh in a while, so I'm not sure where where what's happening, but it's totally happening. We're doing the retromorphosis. Rob uh who did the guitar sound or you know the thing on, on cabinet um he, he's gonna do it like we're gonna record down there for sure i'm doing my vocals there 100 so um it's gonna it's just it's gonna happen and uh like i said like it, it's funny too like we touched on this with the differences the difference between the spawn obsession records um retro will be different it will be a different kind of thing and it will definitely not follow the tech death trend in terms of like playing clean and a bunch of edits. And it, it, it's going to be very brutal and dark and not uber fast. It's, it's going in its own way. It, it's touching, uh, totally touching on the old school stuff, but with a very, very, very modern twist for sure. So I'm super excited about that. I spoke about spoke to Jonas about lyrical concepts, and he he had one idea. He told me, and I was just laughing out loud. It was hysterical. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite a sick record for sure. Um, so we just gotta get it organized, and uh, I think everybody's pretty much ready to to go ahead and do it. We just 
need to find uh, to, to sort of map out the dates and shit like that. Nice. Yeah, it's I'm excited to work on it. Yeah, I've, you know, listen to all the the, the the tracks that you've sent me so far and all that and you know working on that but we, we just finished recording you know the new odious mortem stuff so i did my first uh you know dr drum recording at my own studio and yeah. I spent a lot of time getting that worked out and so that was kind of actually like a largely uh largely because of wanting to be able to do this project with you guys you know and i was cool. like man i gotta figure out how to like make this sound sick like and everything so alex has uh done a crazy job i think with uh the drum recording and super excited about it and i can't wait to do further projects in the future and be able to do a lot more because of logistically i can just go to the studio and record myself you know and um it's insane so i can't wait to just dive into that and uh write some sick shit and do whatever you guys want i've gotten some cool suggestions from you and i love how you're approaching it from uh a creatively different angle like you have a a different thing you want to say you know you have like oh this is you have the specific vision on it and i love that that yeah, makes it yeah, fun yeah. for me i'm like i'm just cool that sounds all cool yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah so. like like the little details like i told like uh uh you know the like gank beat when you uh you when you wait yeah, a little snare you know what you're saying i know what you're saying yeah you yeah. can you explain it I, I don't want to stop you from saying go ahead and say it no, or if that, you want, or secret. <laughs> no, that's my, that's my, you know, bread and butter. You know, that's like John and and uh, Dave Colros and and all those amazing drummers. They would do like they would, you know. And the same thing when we're yeah. doing like whole bass. Right. Like like human is the perfect example. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and even the if that delayed skank kind of thing. Eighteen years old. It's like I can yeah. put it on day and just enjoy the hell out of it because. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's an that's an example of how a, a drummer writes, not a guitarist. Yeah. Right? Oh, sure. Exactly. Sure. Right. Yeah. Whereas the guitarist, it would be on the the beginning, and they wouldn't see like they wouldn't have that natural how it flows in. And, and it's like when people say like it's like what what makes something sound like? I mean, like you know, if you just had a straight drum machine, obviously you can hear the sounds in it and stuff. But like when you hear a drummer play that and interpret like a drum machine's playing and do it like as a drummer would do it, you still can tell it's it's a, like a real drummer, you know? So like a, like a lot of it is like like a lot of guitarists think that that like, I mean, people like Alex or Matt Satello or like people that are just, or Jonas that are can probably write like really sick drums, but like a lot of guitarists that are just kind of starting, you're getting kind of learning how to do it. It's just like cut and paste, blast beat, beat here and starts at the one every time okay this section is going to be this beat and there might be like a roll going it's very like cookie cutter you know as like drummers yeah. it's like no shit needs to flow and move into you like there just need to be like you're you're coming in on beat two or later and you're accenting this because you're you're a drummer you know? yeah. like, and also one thing i noticed with a bunch of all guitar players writing is that, that they make the drum the, the drums follow the guitar and i don't think in my mind it's like no no no, no. The, the guitar the drums yeah. are the, of the whole thing and the guitar should follow the drums but if you're playing like tech dance or whatever like they, they should yeah they should definitely hook up you know they should meet oh. all the, go like that think of like okay you got like frodo and sam right and that's like the guitarist and the drummer and then like frodo's like i write all the drums like follow me every path i go right so they're going together, right? Together. And then the whole thing is that. And that's cool, you know? But what if, like, you got, like, the drummer who's like, no, actually, come over here. 
we got to like change paths like actually come over this way let's go this way then you're like oh shit okay you're over here you know yeah so it's like having sometimes music's a little more interesting like with like that influence i mean i don't know it, it, all of music's good it's not like one's better than the other it's just like it's like when you hear like you, you talked about human like it's like sean's drumming on that is so perfect and so just one of the best albums ever like in, in metal um yeah. it's so human though i know it's it's a stupid pun but it's 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 like so insanely mechanic it's like almost like human and and it's like perfectly fast and tight and like cybernetic like but it's also got soul it's like in so yeah. much soul it's it's just crazy i don't know how drummers and i feel like that's the thing too like when i listen to like cabinet noctambulin and curso any spawn album but like when i think of old stuff like and i go back back in the day as i think 20 years ago whatever like that shit has soul like like cabinet has like fucking it's like dude it, it, it were like pierced from within you would talk about albums like that or you know all that stuff has so much soul to it it's like god damn it's so deep like in a or even epitaph like all that stuff that came in so i don't know i just feel like I don't know it's like super cool like it's like an element of 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 the music you know um but you know, right. like, I know. Uh, <laughs> I I, there's a riff from pearson within that pops into my head constantly and has done so since i heard it i don't know i can't get it out of my head oh look who's on the chat dude what was that can you read that we got erlin bass player <laughs> Our old friend Erlen. I toured with him back in 2006 when he was in Vile and I was doing Odious and Decrepit on the first tour we did. The first tour I ever did, uh, Bloodletting 5, and Erlen was playing with uh, Vile. So we've been friends quite a long yeah. time. When we heard that later that he joined Spawn, we were like, of course, dude. Erlen's yeah. insane. Like, <laughs> Erlen is, is completely insane to the point on Incurso. We listened to the bass tracks and it was like, this is a bass song this is yeah. not a song anymore this is like dude that dude he's like first of all he's like the nicest cool one of the coolest oh people. yeah he's, he's so nice cool. yeah he's he's i he drinks me on the table i gotta say like and i can drink but that dude but but in terms of playing i remember on the last uh, on the last tour we did and everyone played it and i don't know if it was Erlen actually who recorded it someone recorded it uh with some uh you know like had the line and, and get it to separate instruments and, and uh, we we listened back to it and i thought well the vocals kind of shitty uh this and that i found all the mistakes and drums and the guitars and clap but erlen was like flawless like erlen just nailed it, it was, i just remember that i was like what he fucking sounds like erlen he's really drunk last night but he just played it you know, it, but just to comment on Erlen's comment, you know, always, always use three fingers. Yes, he is very, <laughs> very right. But I am, if you want to do, if you want to go full Steve Harris, you got to do two fingers. And oh, controversy. You get, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's what it is, man. And Steve Harris for that. But you got to do it. And it's, fucking painful and i know it's stupid i don't know how steve does it like there's a there's a cam like someone shot steve Harris playing this on youtube 
he's 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 doing uh, "Run to the Hills," which is one of the fastest songs they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fast song. It's like on the record. It's brief. Yeah. On on the live, it's way faster. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and he doesn't alternate. That horse is galloping pretty fast at that point. It's like giddy up, cowboy. Silly detail. It's not really a gallop because again, a horse doesn't have three legs. It's a fake. <laughs> it's just well, some horses do. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but but uh, but Steve doesn't. He doesn't alternate, which you would imagine him to do. Like he go like dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, dun, da, da, He doesn't do that. He starts with the index finger on, on each one. So you go dun, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun, da, dun. He's like chug, tugging away with the with the Damn. long. You know, and it's just a crazy technique. And I busted my arm doing it. So, so he's like blast beating with his first finger. Like, yeah. but then the first, the second one's like, oh, it's like one footing. Yeah. But like the the left is like off, like doing the 16th, but the one foot's doing the eights constantly. So his first finger yeah. is like that, right? So his first finger is like his right foot, if you're a right foot drummer, one foot blasting. And is that kind of like that you're saying? But he's doing, you know, right, right, left, right, right, left. It, but like one, one, two, one, one, two. And, we, and, and the last song Crazy. I had that I played that. full speed, like record speed, was The Evil of Mendu. And oh, yeah. uh, we just played, me and my buddy, we just played over and over, like, dun, 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 you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I woke up and my arm was like, you know, I couldn't move my fingers or anything. Damn, dude. I know. I know. Everyone is 100% right, but I'm just uh, nerdy about Steve Harris. So I can't, I can't argue. Because Ireland, like the stuff, the stuff he 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 did on, uh, I knew he was going to be sick because we toured with Ireland like back in 2004, and I seen him play. I mean, like, the dude is like so gifted and so talented, it's ridiculous. Um, but and then I knew he was going to do it uh, in Curso, and when we got the bass track saying, we were, so, we were just laughing in the studio. I just remember we were smiling and like, oh my god, this is yeah. Sick. Because Nick, Nick had a, a complete different, I think he had a very different approach. He played with a pick and mm-hmm. he was more, uh, he was more respectful, not respectful is not the right word, but he was like following the riffs a bit more. Sure. And then here comes Erlen who, and he just went off like totally. And I'm sure Jones was involved in that too. You know, so those guys, they cooked up this, this thing that, you know, and if, like in Curso, I've been li- I, when I listen to in Curso, I, I sometimes I choose what instrument, what what I want to listen to. So sometimes I try to shut off. I become pretty good at that. I can shut off like everything, and I just listen to the bass, or I just listen to you know the drums or the guitars or the vocals. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bass is just uh, it, it, there's so much going on. It's ridiculous, you know. I mean, we talk about like albums standing the test of time. You could just take the bass tracks from that album alone and you would still have, you know, there's so many things going on. You, you could listen to that forever and find new stuff going on just on the bass. What if in the future bands on purpose released albums where you could actually, you know, like they did it on purpose. You could like, you know, solo tracks and stuff like they're just like, that's part of what we want. Like, that's the new thing. Like you could just solo whatever you want in the song. Well, one of the, or like sections at least, you know, maybe you know, one of the things that, that I uh, weird, when I right? made and stuff on bass was uh, someone extracted files from a DVD, live DVD, mm-hmm. so they could 
take out the bass and take out the drums. I don't know how that shit works in the, when they process a DVD, but they had someone took it in and ripped it and found the separate files. Alex, do you know anything about that technology? That works, but I've never tried to rip a DVD though, so I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, like you know how apps and stuff—they have those apps that'll like separate the the tracks from pre-recorded stuff. Which well, is, yeah, that's, that's software. That's just like trying to take out like the middle of like like if you try to isolate vocals, it'll try to take out the sides. It's like mid-side technique, and it tries oh. to cancel Ooh, that's how it works. things, and then like. Oh, you can okay. also do the opposite where you can try to get the sides and cancel out the middle so you can just hear the guitars. It's not very like it, it's not very intuitive, but it oh. helps, right? It's yeah, well, this was just to figure out the notes he was playing. Yeah, right. So I hear like the bass lines clearly, even even if it was a live environment, but but still. But Casey, you make a perfect point. And this was something we talked about like way back when we started. Like imagine if we could get you know, like an isolated track with the tabs for, you know, whatever we were listening to at the time, you know, there was so many, so much great stuff happening. But at the, at the same time, it was so hard to figure out because so much shit is going on. And, and uh, you know, and I, I think that, that that's the cool thing about that, that. That's the easy part of a drummer because a drummer can most of the time figure out pretty much what's going on. It's a different story to play it, but you can kind of, figure out with exceptions like Gene Hoagland with death or something, or you, what is he doing? He's like totally crazy. But in, in guitar wise, yeah. bass, certainly bass wise, it's really hard to figure out what's going on. Like what exactly is he doing on the bass? So, it's even hard like on d different styles of music too, you know, like trying to figure out like some seventies rock thing or like, what, <laughs> like, is that the kick drum or is that the bass? Like I can't, what's, yeah, what's yeah. that? Or like some stuff like different genres and you know but yeah i mean it's but i mean like i think to me i just had a thought there'd probably be like a copyright nightmare though because <laughs> like they copyright you know the recording and they're like all right do that that soloed bass track like is copyrighted because it's from a copyrighted recording like do they have algorithms that like can tell the bass track is is the copyrighted bass track or like i mean it's just weird it's crazy yeah. You know, I don't yeah, know. But, and then, but there's a side of me that says that maybe, uh, maybe it's the best to leave it alone because yeah. it also helps create the magic that you will never know. Like you don't know exactly what's going on. Like you know what I mean? Like the, the, this no, that is true. That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I go like, you know, like like I said, like I'm a big movie fan, and, and I know I've, I've watched so many documentaries about effects and stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of I, I leave alone. I was like, I get blown away by it. I'm not talking about CT and that stuff. I'm talking about like oh, camera. Dude. It's like, you know, I don't really want to know how they did. I want to think about it. like a magic trick. Like someone does a card trick, and it's like oh, they can tell you how they did it, but it's kind of kind of takes away the joy out of it. You know, I'm one of those people that gets super angry. Like when a show ends on like HBO, then all the next things like, all right, and so this is us behind the scenes like filming, and they're like flying on fucking wires and there's like green screen i'm like i don't want to see that shit like it like, ruins like the movie for me <laughs> like it's like i don't care like i mean it was cool with lord of the rings because that was like ridiculous and it was like you know the dude the golem and jumping around and, okay i want to see how they did that but like but like every show like i don't need to see the behind this i mean it's kind of cool if you're into that but for me personally i'm like dude i want to like live in fantasy like i just watched a show 
keep the illusion. Like, just fool me. I want to be fooled, dude. Like, I, I want to be entertained and fooled. Like, Terminator 2 was nope. the first one that really, I mean, I wasn't, you know, old enough to like be all like, whoa, Star Wars, like, you know, my parents and stuff in the 70s. But like, to me, Terminator 2 was like that movie that, like, I don't know, I was like eight years old. My dad took me to see it in the theaters. And I remember like it started and it was just like, I was like, oh shit. And then, the foot comes down and crushes the skull like all out. I was like, oh, fuck. Like it was like the most sickest day. I was just like, like, and I remember he like took me to get like a like a haircut and I got like a flat top spike like haircut, like Arnold kind of. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I am the coolest eight-year-old in the world. Like, you know, <laughs> like, <just> like yeah. <laughs> oh, Anyways, man. but but uh dude, fuck yeah, dude. So um people obviously are uh you know, asking a lot just about, I mean, we've got some cool questions. I should kind of roll back here. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you got a gun? You got to go? I think it piss. Oh, like, dude, take a piss. Go for it, dude. No worries. <laughs> you know how we roll here, dude. dude. Nine beers. Do your thing. Nah, just, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. Go for it, Dennis. I'll talk to Alex for two seconds, man. It's all good, dude. You should. Um, yeah, buddy. Um, so, uh, yeah, man. How's it going? I know. Uh, if Erling Casperson is still on, my bass player Mitch, I mean, I'm a huge fan too, but my bass player Mitch takes a fuckload of influence off of you. So, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, dude. Erling's the shit. Yeah. 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 I remember because uh, we did that tour with him. Uh, I don't know if you're still here, Erling, but uh, in the, uh, the, the, we were talking about the Bloodletting Five, you know, in 2006. And then I didn't see him again until we were in Europe. And it was like decrepit was in Europe in 2008, the only time I went. And, yeah. uh, we're like in uh i think it was we're in holland i'm pretty sure i think that's where it was and uh it was like the neurotic death fest or something we were doing i think that's what that was anyways and we're like cruising down the street and then we see like somebody walking like on the other side of the street this is huge like intersection like of i don't know how many planes it seemed like and then see over there and it's early and he's like hey guys and we're like, <laughs> what's up dude oh, no. and he like runs over across the whole street like crossing the whole intersection <laughs> like dude we haven't seen you in years you know yeah that's so, it. Yeah, Erlen's awesome. World. Also, he was in that band Blood Red Throne and stuff, and he's done a lot of stuff. He's a great it's bass player. Game. If you guys don't know Erlen Kasperson, obviously from Spawn, because we're here talking about Spawn, but if for some reason you don't know who that is, <laughs> check out his videos. You should. Yeah. Uh, um, what What all of you announced about the Odious album, if you're allowed to say? Oh, just, just yeah, that we did it. We did it. Yeah. And Carrie and Alex are on guitar, and that's all that we've divulged so far. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, man, uh, here we are chilling <laughs> on a Spawn of Possession uh, album review party. Dennis is currently in the restroom. If you just tuned in, we are chilling. You know what? I kind of want to listen to a little more. Let's listen to some. Uh, yeah, we should. It's not how I expected to spend my Saturday. I know, right? It's pretty cool. You just kind of popped in here. Yeah, I'm waiting. Um, I'm actually waiting for my vocalist Adam to show up to my house. I don't know when he's ever going to get here, but he lives in Davis, so he's a couple hours away. But uh, nice. at some point, we're supposed to do some scratch vocals. We got a mic. Doing the thing. There you go. This is a. Uh...
Man, I could listen to this uh, all day. So good. So we are back. Back with Dennis here. Uh, just listen to some more of Incurso. This is the 10 year anniversary extravagant party, um, 5,000 for uh, Incurso. How's it going? <laughs> the, and the mix is kind of <clears throat> what stands out. Well, I mean, not the only thing. I, obviously, everything stands out, but it, like we're talking about something that's going to hold up over time. It's just like, Fuck yeah, dude. and also like a, something that defined kind of like the rest Great. of tech mellow for sure is just like yep. striving for like tone and clarity and making sure that everything sounds like, I don't know, audible, sick, you know, definitely has a huge influence on how I like wanted to go about producing shit, you know? <laughs> that, that, that's really interesting. Like, 
when you mention it the, the way you, you say because in the studio it's so in the moment man it's like <laughs> every time we go in it's it's like we, we're not sure that i speak to the producer it's like what what kind of guitar and what tone do you want like this and that the draw the drums right. and it, we, we just fucking we 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 do it and uh and we put it up and then in the mix there's always like arguments on yeah. <laughs> like certainly the levels you know guitar louder oh, yeah. other bass. right uh the damn bass players was one. <laughs> just kidding they should be loud i was just kidding i i i support bass players being heard in the mix keep going sorry oh <laughs> for sure but at the end of the day it's it's really like it's it's a feeling thing like we listen to we go like well maybe more distortion or whatever it may be and never have like i mean thank you so much for the great compliment Alex. i mean that's 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 amazing that it that that you sort of look at it and you, you think about it because yeah it's, totally. yeah it's so much in the moment we don't think about will this hold up forever or anything you know it's mm -hmm. not like we're here now and this is how do we want this to sound when we when we put it out it's basically that you know yeah for sure I, I have a question was were the guitars reamped at all or did you guys just track them straight through an amp and record them oh that's a great question we we didn't reamp for uh let me think i'm I, you know what i spontaneously i want to say that we have not reamped the guitars on any record oh wow no that's, that's impressive yeah i'm pretty sure we it's all live recorded like straight yeah. Uh, through an amp, like amping up. Right. I, I know that uh, because I, since uh, when we did Incurso, I remember I was in the booth with the with the microphones, like, and, and I had headphones on. He was like, a little to the left, a little to the right. I was like, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, uh, let me think. I got to think, like, in Octavio, where were we? Uh, I'm pretty sure we did the same thing. And right. Jonas was in a different studio recording his guitar. Cursor. I can't swear on it. I, mm -hmm. I don't know for sure, but I'm, something tells me that they put up the amps. And what we did was basically, we had, uh, since you're a, a producer engineer guy, uh, I know we had, we had the, we had the amp and then we had like two cabinets, like, mm -hmm. um, um, two, two big cabinets, like in a V position. Okay. I'm pretty sure we had it, and then wow. Mike, you, we moved around the mics till we found what what everyone buddy thought was a nice kind of guitar thing. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure we actually recorded the guitars so I mean, in cursor the same way. Really, Can't, they lined it. Yeah, that's it's funny because I mean I think every maybe we're just so non-committal now because everyone wants DI tracks, which is you know great because you can go back and adjust the tone if you need to, but. Uh, it's just it scares me just thinking that that's how you guys did it, you know. So, and I, I know for sure that that when we recorded, I, I know that Noctambulant that the bass was recorded with a big Ampeg bass rig. Oh, like, sick! Oh yeah, 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 with a bunch yeah. of phones all over the like, you know, yeah. uh, surgically placed, and it was right. like, don't don't touch. And someone would you know move a microphone like an inch or half yeah. an inch. It's a big deal and. Yep. you know kind of thing like speaking of bass i just gotta say like if erlen is still watching dude it would be awesome if you want to come come online and say hello 
I, mean, I just I just needed to say that. I thought about that when I was taking. <laughs> oh, I sent him the link, and I sent Jonas the link too. Because oh, cool. I, I wasn't. I know you were. Uh, you were using your phone, so I didn't know if you had access to. So I just yeah. I, I went ahead anyways because because yeah. we so last minute we literally De De Dennis and I decided to do this and went online and had it all going in ninety minutes. Oh yeah, uh, it's a little crazy today. And Alex, just fucking so glad you're here. Jumped on. It's been awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that worked out great because the other guys are just so busy today, and and yeah. I. Uh, I was like, dude, we should do it. And then so this is awesome. So I we've we've had this idea for a while with, with the podcast of having like guest hosts and stuff. Um, but we're usually so you know, usually doing it on Thursdays and stuff. And we've we've wanted to do this album review thing for like a long time, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast. And uh, dude, this is the perfect fun way to do this. Like we like I love having this like topic of the album you know and then like going off and other things but coming back to like you know this it's a specific thing you know and i and i think it's kind of fun to like talk about an album with the people that did it too or at least someone from the album kind of like so like what were your thoughts in recording that and like you know on that song and stories pop up and you know it's like you don't even probably like remember all the stories until like they hear that song and you're like oh yeah dude on that i remember you know like I remember there is this one decrepit song I had to record on polarity and I just I wanted to do the beat like a certain way on this one like is like an instrumental thing and I like is like the only way to do it is just to cross my arms like weird like that you know and just do it you know just this one beat and it's just so awkward I'm like I better not do this live it looks so stupid you know but it was just like it worked perfect I didn't want to move my cymbals around or like move the ride over here you know I was like we've already got it set up but I, the beat worked perfectly like that and I laughed I was like joking, like, okay, I'll just do it like this. And then they're like, uh, actually, could you record that? <laughs> you know, it's funny. So, so do you have any stories? Like I, you've told us stories before, like just not, I mean, I assume everybody like here knows all the stories from the, the podcast episode we did with you, but of course they don't. So like, you know, like what about the story with the, the light stick or the short stick you used to do the, on the snare? Like the, uh, what was that? I actually interesting. had another well, it's not like a big, big story, but yeah, we, I love that story though. When we, 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 we I'll do that before, before oh, uh, yeah. we, we recorded, uh, fuck, it, the, the song that Joseph liked that he wanted to put on. What's it called? Um, I think it's the fourth track. Fuck. It's the one about the guy who steals souls from people. Fuck. Is that, for, is that from Incurso? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played it. You played it. Spiritual early. Deception? Was that it? Or a servitude of souls? Servitude of souls. There yeah, you go. Yeah. So uh, when I had, like, Jonas had it in some, uh, like, power tab or something like that. And uh, I sat with, I, 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 you know, I went into some room, some booth. But usually I went to some booth that wasn't being used. So I had, like, there was, like, no distraction. And I sat with my laptop and I was playing, nice. you know, and was doing the lyrics. Joel X booths. Yeah. And I had this awesome lyric. Like I was, it was like I thought it was really cool. And I, 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 if you remember from the last podcast, I, I, I when I do like a verse, and then do the chorus, and then when it's time for the next verse, I try to do it differently than the first one. But it's still super like it works with the music so well, so you don't think about it. I love that stuff. Like you, you really. Uh, I'm actually uh, working on a song right now that uh, I'm trying to do that. That's a different story. Anyway. So I'm doing this thing 
and uh, and and I put the whole thing together. I'm I'm really excited to to do it, and I'm starting to record. And Jonas is is uh, he's the type of guy that uh, I mean he doesn't care about people's feelings, you know, at all, like really at all. So I'm standing there, <laughs> I'm doing the vocals, so I'm super excited. I'm like pushing in everything, and then. And then probably with the intern or something. And then I know Henrik uh, helped me out with that also. And then Jonas comes in and was like, hey, listen to these vocals. Because, again, it was the same thing as old Spawn records. Like, when I did the vocals, no one had heard it with vocals. They didn't know what the arrangements were going to be. And he hears it. And he looks at me and goes like, there's a fucking solo there. And I had no idea because the, the file with the solo was on mute when I was playing it back on the laptop. So I was like, Oh, oh no! Wait, what are you gonna do? Like sing on the solo? It's like stepped on his toes, dude. Yeah, so I had to like, oh, fuck! I had to re because it didn't make sense. A whole verse I had to cut out, so I had to like, uh, yeah, fuck. for sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, oh, and you're bummed because you're like, that was all sick. Yeah, I was super stoked. And, and in my like, first chorus, verse chorus, but Jonas was like, no, 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 it's verse chorus solo, and then there's another thing coming you know you know Damn, and those solos dude i'll tell you yeah and, and it was the way he said what, what you sing there like well what do you mean it's like there's a solo it's like no no solo he's like yeah there's a solo check the file what are you doing you know? file, <laughs> i'm so solo. guilty of doing the same fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> hey, why you do vocals over my solo what the fuck uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry for guitarists everywhere. From guitarists, it's like everywhere. you never ever move the solo. Never. <laughs> I wrote that for a reason. Solos, <laughs> the most important thing in the world. Is the solo. You never move the solo, bro. Come on. Well, fucking soul because he does a lot of wow up soul, which is very unusual, I think, for someone. And, and he really like Christian rips into it. And yeah, yeah, dude. I'll say it's okay. It's like oh, we. I mean. We, we mended that but yeah when we did uh I told you before when we did um scourge and uh i warmed up i was ready to go and um and i remember the producer was like well we're gonna need a whole day to do this one it's gonna be like oh, blah 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 and uh i started playing it over and over and like well and we hadn't we didn't record anything it was just like playing it just to warm up because it was it was very fast and all that and then like i said like there was a bunch of drumsticks laying around and and uh during the whole recording of mctabula i would take different sticks and just try them out when i was warming up and i found that little stick and it wasn't it wasn't a toy stick like i say it was a real drumstick it was just like it was probably like this more like little longer than a pencil it was like what but it was shaped like a drumstick and then it was wood like birch or something and i was like well really and i i i used i used it in my left hand for the snare and i just remember i just felt it it, it i could do like the my finger technique like with it it just worked i i remember i lost some power just a little bit of power but then again when you play those speeds it's like very hard there's maybe a few drummers out there who can maintain it but but, but, but mo in that type of speed which I, I also realized later on was a lot of people triggered the, the snare drum. And, and it was a lot of like, oh, fuck, they trigger because my, my snare wasn't triggered at all. That's a real live snare. But I, me personally, 
I would have loved to trigger my snare drum for that. I don't, I, like I said, like, I don't care about that. So I don't have no prestige in that shit. So oh, I yeah, use drums on my left hand when I record, um, yeah, uh, scourged, you know, and it wasn't like a big chop up party. It was, uh, I, I forget, but it, I fucking nailed most of that shit, you know. I, I, I've had to practice that, you know, and oh, like, yeah, dude. We, could, we, we couldn't practice it together very much, um, it was a short time, but I, I, but I could practice on my own, so I. I fucking, I worked on that stuff, you know, and it was a thing too. Like Jonah said, like that song is, <laughs> it was just insane for like, that song is pretty easy on the guitar. So you can go as fast as you want. If you want to that. Like that stuff, like easy, like really? The best is like when the drums are way harder than the guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's oh. such a, you're like, God damn it. Like how it happened in well, just in certain. I don't want to say anything. Just like a, a riff, certain times in decrepit, where they do like the heavy, da, da, dun, dun, or like you know, da, dun, dun, and I'm just like, ah, like trying so hard to like hit the speed, and they're just like, da, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bastards, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, nah, you know. That's what I always find you meant you you, you tapped into the whole blackmail thing, like blackmail, yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, duh, duh, duh. and they're like the yeah exactly totally. yeah. like that's so unappreciative like you yeah, fuck yeah. work too you know everybody should work hard in this you know yeah but then there's like times where you're just blasting like for like a little like when you get the split blast down especially if you're two foot and it just chilling like you know it's awesome you're just grooving and the guitars are playing some insane fucked up shit and you're just like yawning like so you know it goes back and forth right you know like I mean, honestly, I, I think drums, like for me, like, I mean, I've tried playing the odious. I, I write guitars in odious and I write like songs. And I've always like, you know, with Dan and then with now with these guys. But like, I like can't play that shit all the way through. Like, I just my brain can't like I'm so used to being a drummer that maybe if I had to, I would. But I, I can't I like I can't do it like my my I can do a song on drums. But like, it's like I it's like too much work to play that on guitar. It's like, how do you remember all those songs like all the like or in any death metal band like on guitar like how do you remember like all the every riff and every part and every soul i don't know it's like you I just play like maiden it. and shit but i i don't know like the whole song that's the thing like all that material how do you remember all that like it's i guess it, it's just used to whatever you play you know in the band you just start to develop that ability i guess i don't know you know casey that, that's so interesting you bring that up because I've been to a, my fair share of classical concerts, hmm. especially when oh, you yeah. have uh, you know, a piano voiced, you know, like a concert mm -hmm. with a piano, right? And yeah. then this, this, you know, Russian girl playing and just shredding. It's insane. Right. And, you know, and they tour and they tour all over Europe, all over the world doing this. Still, they have the notes. Like when we never had notes on stage. I've never seen a tech band having like note stands. You know what I mean? And I, in my mind, it's like I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think it's just a matter of practice. You just do yeah. it. No, for sure. And learn that shit. Well, that's something that struck me with classical music. Like they, like that. That I mean, obviously, if you're like a percussionist or something, and you have like a duh, like in ten minutes in, like some shit like that obviously you know 
Oh yeah, I know all about that bullshit. Yeah, I did a bunch. Yeah, no, I mean that dude. Like, uh, it's I uh, when I was so you know when you go to I, I finally finished school at like you know 2015. I finally went to back to college or I graduated, but I went to SF State. You know, studied music and got a degree in jazz drumming. You know, it was awesome. I had a great time there. There, it's an awesome school. I love that place. I love everyone in that music department. But, um, but yeah, dude, you have concert hours. So you have to go to like X amount of hours. You know per week of concert at lunchtime and so i would go to the you know classical piano concerts and stuff and they would have to do these entire like you know mozart pieces and all this but my favorite were like the beethoven pieces pretty much like just these dramatic insane pieces all by memory like no sheets any of them they couldn't have any written music at all and these are like 10 minute fucking like you know, like doing like arpeggios, like you know, like, like down the piano and just like turn, turn, turn. They're all wearing like tuxedos and shit, you know. And I'm just sitting there, just like, what the fuck, dude? You know, I mean, Bach pieces and all that. And they have to, and yeah. no, no written music though, because it was school. So they're like, they have to fucking. So like, like you walk by those practice rooms, and they're just in there, just like, it's like Spawn of Possession songs all day long, you know, necro, you know, it's all that shit. It's like it's the same shit like they're basically death metal musicians but like but like oh. older than us they're like uh, ogs dude oh yeah, yeah. For sure you know that, that, classical it, musicians are hardcore you know yeah like like uh like uh Ingve, that's what he got his yeah, stuff yeah, i mean you can say whatever you you can like him or not i mean he's not very light in sweden because he is the way he is and he's oh really interesting in sweden oh, they're not he they, he He's treated like a clown over here. Like really? He, oh yeah, it's so super sad. I didn't and know that. Go. I have to say, like going back to the skank beat. Like, like I said, like a lot of Swedish bands skank beat. In my opinion, it's just because they're fucking lazy. Like I know so many. I like trust so many bands yeah. and people. They're just lazy. And then we we look, you know, across Atlantic and. You guys are just like going crazy with the double bass stuff and the blast beats and all that shit, and it's super impressive. But I mean, I've I've been in several conversations with Skankby drummers going like, you know, uh, but yeah, but they don't have the groove. Yeah, but this, but yeah, but you don't practice, <laughs> and you're just that's why you play the same beat on every record. I've said that to there, there's. I'm not going to name him, but there's one guy in Gothenburg and he has recorded more albums than like, I, I don't know how many, like totally like in any time he was on a record, it will be the same beat, the same fill. Now, not, not fills, fill the like, one fill, like, some fill, some role he knew. And he would not do the hanging snare, all that cool stuff. He was just like, duh, 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 duh. and all, everyone hired him. And and, to, and I, remember, I, I, we, I was hanging out, and this was in uh, Gothenburg, obviously. And we were hanging out, and and, and he, he started ripping on me. He had heard Spawn of Possession, like, way back. And he was like, well, where's the dynamic? And I was like, dynamic? Are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> boring, like, and, and, and going back to Sean Ryan, like, that mm -hmm. when he plays that, that the, the, few, the few times he does, because he used the double bass so much, but when he does, like, uh, uh, what's, the, what's the song? It starts with the, the drum roll with the kick. Oh, yeah, I don't know the name, but yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, that scant beat alone is one of the most perfect scant beats I've ever heard oh, of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's like perfectly placed and yeah. Yeah, and he goes into the double bass. That's oh, so good. Yeah. It's like super laser beam tight. But when you listen mm-hmm. to it, it's not super tight. It's human playing, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, but uh I, I, I just I just can't uh I just can't uh relate to that way of playing like that security. And and my opinion is like I mean we've been like we've been ripped on by by like Swedish bands more than any bands or people. Like seriously, I, in my opinion, like especially back, it was like always someone who's like, "You're yeah, you're all the tech stuff," and say, "Yeah, that, that's because you're lazy, dude." Yeah, like play, you can play this. Mm-hmm. Just oh, interesting. That's a really good. Okay, so I'm so, so so in 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 Sweden, they were like hard on Spawn of Possession, like the other metal bands. Is that you saying or? Gave you like a hard time? Oh, uh, some some of them, yeah. Some of them are super. Uh, cool. Go like, oh, you yeah, guys are, yeah. You you guys are insane. But, or that, or like the, like the scene. I mean, I shouldn't say bands, but like the scene or the fans, like you know, all mixed together. Like the like, did but, you do you feel like like yeah. because you guys were so technical and so like cr- yeah. you know it's so unique, right? You know, you you didn't sound like all the other bands. No, but in Sweden, there's this thing called the Jonti Law. Which is an unwritten law, which is, says that you shouldn't. Um, uh, I get it. Uh, it basically says, um, "Don't, don't. Uh, you're not better than anyone else. Don't even attempt." Like, hmm. like I listen it's to very like, not American. So. <laughs> <laughs> Americans Perfect. like be the best, kick everyone's ass. <laughs> that's the american way yeah i know i know it's bullshit sometimes but sometimes it's funny and awesome i don't know it's crazy we're insane perfect i saw this interview this swedish interview with, with arnold schwarzenegger when he was the governor <laughs> the swedish reporter went over there and met him and she said what's the biggest difference between uh american and why do you love the u.s and what's the difference between europe and u.s and he said okay and this is actually very true in my opinion he said if I go and get a real nice car, like a, like a fucking, like a Ferrari or something, and I park it in the United States, people are going to say, wow, that's a really nice car, dude. Like, that's an amazing car. Like, well, I'd love to have one of those. Mm-hmm. But if you park it in, in, in Europe, people will try to key it. Like, who the fuck do you think he is? They scratch it. That's what he, that's, that's the way he explained the biggest difference between Europe and the United States. And and it's an exaggeration, but it is there's there's definitely some truth to that, definitely. And that's why uh, someone like Ingvar Malmsteen or you know um, successful like that that really really does something that is, is that is that like I mean particular for Sweden? Do you think or like all of Europe? Like in general? Like I mean, I don't know. Not all over Europe because different, it's different different. Cult- cultures right in countries like you know england's probably different about that and yeah but they want yeah you know it's weird that's so interesting that's yeah really interesting in, dude. uh in uh you know in greece you have the basuki guitar which is insane you go to spain you have the flamenco guitar which is insane mm-hmm. you know like uh you have different dances and different shit it's like technical as shit and uh right but, 
Sweden, it's it's that that sort of uh, attitude that you know don't don't. I mean, seriously, like I I never speak about spawn obsession at work ever. Like maybe that's why you guys are so insane and sick, is you've been like <laughs> you've been like kind of like taught to not be crazy over the top, and then you're just like naturally just like we're gonna burst through. Like you're you're like the genetic anomaly. You're the mutation. And that like idea it seems like i like i was like this is really interesting like i was hanging out with a, a a buddy of mine um just the other night and he used to hang out with carlson uh after spawn after carlson left spawn and they were like they went out drinking like three nights a week trying to pick up chicks and whatever like but this is years ago and, and they did this for like three or four years and i just asked him we were riding in his car and I was like, dude, did Carlson ever mention spawn? Because the, the, before I said that, he, he he has has been asking me about, you know, touring and, hey, dude, you toured and like you recorded and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, dude, but you hang you hung out with Carlson for all those years. Like, didn't he same thing? It's like, never. Carlson never, ever mentioned Spawn Obsession. Like, he didn't talk about anything of it. Like, nothing. He didn't mention it. It's almost to the point where he was like, he was probably not in that band. It's probably some other dude named Carlson, you know? <laughs> you know what so I mean? You yeah. guys are weird. What if you just like never put out your album <laughs> and like the world never knew? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's such I'm, an interesting perspective. It's like the opposite of like, uh, uh, okay, I'm not going to say, <laughs> but like say like another band it's like not thinking in that way that's very opposite of like you know and i'm not even saying like american band or whatever band like it could be a, a european band but like the, it's a very different approach as to like like i mean i honestly like most bands i mean it seems like are just like we're the we're gonna be the best we're gonna we're gonna kick everyone's ass we love everybody but we're gonna kick their ass kind of thing you know and that's like a healthy i think like fun kind of like you know, sportsman like you know, it's that in Sweden. Attitude. It dude, doesn't... Uh, dude, like the the biggest, well, one of the biggest sports events in history is in soccer, in yeah. Swedish sports history. Okay, I'm gonna get a lot of shit from this. <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest events was in 1994, and it was the soccer world championship of the fucking Olympics. What I don't know, I don't know sports, but and it was in the United States, I think. I think that that whole tournament and Swedes, uh, Sweden got the bronze, and to this day, it's the greatest moment in Swedish football history. <laughs> they got fucking bronze. Yeah. Little gold? No, they got bronze. Oh, dude, they're heroes. Heroes, but the fact they get the bronze. I'm serious. How many fucking documentaries and memorables and, and all those good, all those soccer players they, they do commercials and shit, and they got the bronze. And that's so anti-American, in my opinion. Yeah. Americans yeah. Are, oh, for sure. You, you you get the you win or you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you Gold or gutter. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like that's the thing about like relating back to the drum thing. Like, uh, uh, I spoke to another friend in, in the U.S. and he told me like, 
man, God, you because he had been traveled to Sweden. And he said, well, if if you don't, because of our system here, like if you don't, uh, let's say I get fired tomorrow, um, there's definitely ways of supporting myself. Like I would get, I will get money to support mm-hmm. myself. That's how the system is built. So there's no pressure on me to succeed in a band financially. Mm-hmm. But right. he, like in America, if you want to be like successful as a musician, you got to totally go all the way. Like you got to, you got to be the best. How else can you support yourself? You know what I mean? David just murdered it, dude. If you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Perfect. Keep going, dude. Yeah. But that, I'm telling you, man. That's right, Joel. That's right. That Log guy. on anytime, man. <laughs> we love yeah. yeah, man. I miss Joel and Anthony also, man. Oh, should... we've, oh, I miss them. I've been missing them all day. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool. But sure, there's there is definitely cultural differences, and we were not very accepted. There was a, there was like a handful of bands in Sweden doing it, like um, an early incarnation of of uh, Eon was definitely happening. I forget what their name was at the time. That was before they became Eon. Actually, it was a band from Stockholm called Incision that was uh, pushing it. Um, so there was a few bands here and there, like spread out over Sweden that was into the American style. It was a, another band. It sounded pretty much like the side, but that's, you know, okay. They were pushing it. Like, so we, we were all like in talking and braiding and stuff like that. Um, but I also think that maybe that's one of the reasons that Spawn Obsession has, has played. Like, I don't know, we've done like in total, I'm sure we've done over 200 shows and like we've done like eight in Sweden or something like that, nine maybe. There's a reason for that. That's crazy. It, it's the thing. I mean, I, I know I forget who the guest was, but I've been listening a lot to your podcast and you were talking about like, if you don't make it locally, it's... Derek hard. Roddy. That was Derek Roddy. Yeah. And I, uh, uh, it, 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 that, that, that philosophy does not apply to Spawn Obsession because we never played a show here, ever, like <laughs> our hometown. Because in my, in, in our world, interesting, dude. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying no, that. not at all. Of course not. No, he's talking about like in the U.S. and different situations. But yeah, in your situation, that's very interesting. That that didn't. Yeah, it's just case. yeah. Nobody would be interested. Nobody would be yeah. impressed. I'm like one dude maybe that's it so we never saw the point of playing we've never been in local newspapers like no local newspapers call I me mean, that's so it's, crazy because like for us it's like okay like we know of swedish metal of course and like okay so we're talking about swedish death metal and we're like at the gates and shit like we know this okay the swedish sound all the you know and we love all of that of course and uh and then it's like we we hear spawn a possession and we're like Swedish death metal. Oh shit, these guys are like brutal ass death metal on Unique Leader. Like back in the you know we heard you guys in the early two thousands, and we were like, it's like a Swedish band. So like of course I'm also thinking of all the Swedish like the whole like you know scene, um, and it's just like to me like or you know I just assumed I don't know about my friends but personally. I just assumed that everybody in Sweden was just like flipping out about Spawn of Possession, you know? They're just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, obviously it's completely insane, but it's like, I don't think about that. Like, that's, 
it's crazy that's not the case or that you know to us yeah. I don't know, in our scene like like all the people that, that appreciate you guys to us it was like a no-brainer like dude you could you, if you guys came to california and did a run of shows dude you know how many people would come to see spawn of possession like dude no. you don't even know like you're like huge over here like i think i mean people you know always talk dude you like when we had you on the podcast for the first time i mean we just were friends already and like we loved talking to you but it was just like people were so stoked dude like that was one of the big like in, and that was like you know like last year and stuff it was huge for us like because we love spawn and we and you were friends but also it was like people were just like that we got a lot of traction on that one that was like a big deal you know oh. so i mean i just it's interesting you know how like bands are bigger in different areas like you know in indonesia like discourage and metal and all this i mean like you know it's like all the how in certain areas those bands are huge but in you know their home area maybe not as big but so it just depends on the situation you know it's yeah. crazy you know yeah and I, I i i'm not gonna you know harp on my my home country you know i, I like living here don't get me wrong you know <laughs> i always felt that again like spawn obsession for, for for good or bad we always uh we were always in our own little pocket like locally and regionally like we, we we didn't hang out like we we did later on like get in touch with a lot of bands and there was a lot of parties and stuff but but that was more a band thing like you're a legit band okay let's hang out but we never talked about the music per se when we were writing like cavity back in those that, those days we were just like in our own bubble really Totally, definitely locally, because we played at our house, at, at my house, and and very few people even knew about our existence. And we we actually went. I remember we went to a party, and someone put the the first demo on. That was the only thing we had out. And the girl who lived there, who had invited us, flipped and was like, "Turn that shit off. What is that? Who, who listens to this shit?" And we were like, the entire band was sitting there like. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's let's switch to fucking Britney Spears. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we, we never so we never made a big deal. We never like and that's also connected to the whole local scene. Like I'm sure I mentioned that last time, but I was always like totally um, like I had a huge problem with a lot of local musicians because they were they were they were just douchebags <laughs> rock stars like dude the single's coming this fall and oh my god we're gonna break it big and blah. and they brag they constantly were talking about their fucking stupid music it was just a rip off of fucking ramones or something and it was like and, and they were getting they just kept going it was like a, dude you don't understand it's so amazing it's gonna fucking it's gonna kick you in the ass and i was like yeah you know what i do dude <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. I haven't told him. And he, oh, dude, I love this. And I mean, I remember going into a local club, a local a pub or a club or whatever, and fucking this dude, this, <laughs> this a dude, uh, he's, you know, he's still a local rock star, and he's like, <laughs> and he's got the cowboy hat on, and the cowboy hat is in fucking, um, in crocodile, probably fake. <laughs> 
tooth, and he's got a big long crocodile coat on, and he's got these two chicks, obviously minors, like they're so impressed. And he's sitting at the bar, and he's like this big rock star dude, and he's such a hero. And it's, I just remember like almost pitying him, like, dude, like, and he, trust me, like, he hasn't done anything productive. Like, <laughs> like no one has heard anything this fucking idiot has done. And I, I and, and listen, I support local bands. Don't get me wrong. I fucking, if someone's like, I'm in a band and fucking, fuck, do what can I do to help? Yeah. If you see a douchebag, like a rock star with it, like, you know, tell them, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're gonna like you have you don't understand the net like we're we're the next thing like blah blah blah. I yeah. fucking cringe and I just yeah yeah like I used to get into those arguments way back, but now I'm like oh cool good for you man and good luck. And obviously you're never gonna hear anything from him again ever. You know, right. <laughs> like get a job, dude. <laughs> don't quit your day job. Like with Spawn. Yeah, dude. Seriously. Like me and Jonas, we talked about that, and it's like we will never be lumped in with those fucking idiots. Yeah, that's what we didn't do like local media, like radio and stuff, because they called me constantly. Like constantly, they okay. called me, dude. You guys went to the U.S. You got to come on and do a a show or like uh, be in the newspaper and stuff. And we're like, no, nah, we're not sure because in in our world, it was like if we do that, we're gonna get lumped in with those guys. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> Taking every every band the same picture and same the same fucking brick wall at the rehearsal place or the fucking <laughs> down in the dock. Yeah. It's like no, we're not gonna. Yeah. Be no, we feel it. Part of that team. Yeah. So we never, we actually, we never played a show locally ever. And I'm, I'm in some weird way, I'm pretty proud of that. Actually. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, it's just the, yeah, know, how they treat it. Yeah. Yeah. Just given sure. the state of everything, I don't know. You kind of have to. Yeah. Like, you have to start local. You know what I mean? But interesting. Yeah, I, uh, totally different approach. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Dennis, the, the, is your uh, camera? Um, I think yeah. You, well, well, my, you, you got a plug there, but give me a second. You take your time. But it's, let's take let's take a little, little intermission. Intermission yeah. number two. I'm I'm gonna do that as well. <laughs> put on some music here for a second, guys, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna listen to a little. Uh, we got some. Uh, Sorry, click the wrong. Probably got to take off here. five or ten. So. Oh no, dude, all good. Yeah. Feel free. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me. Okay, we're gonna oh, do. It's all good, dude. Uh... Put a little music on here for Incursa. We're gonna do this one here. Deuce Advertat. Let me say that. Oh, 
Sick. Can I give you a small trivia on that one? Yeah, dude. Like a drum trivia. If if you uh, remember in the, in the middle, it's like a, it's a, it's a there's a break with a drum roll. Mm-hmm. Like, oh know, yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that's the uh, first beat of uh, King Diamond. Welcome home. Oh really? Yeah, recorded, recorded the role kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Well, like Henrik recording it, but yeah, yeah. No, I love that because uh, Monk and the the producer guy, he's a huge, he's the biggest King Diamond fan ever, and uh, I I suggested Henrik like in that break because like, Jonas had written some splashing some pattern that was really cool. I said, well, what if we do it? Yeah, like, yeah. Like do that King Diamond thing. So we spent a lot of time. Uh, Sometimes, like, get, like Henry, we knew how to do it. Like, we knew how to, how Mickey D does it on the record. It was just getting the right vibe, you know. Because that right, right, totally. Kind of fail, you know. You know, yeah, just <laughs> silly details. No, but it's just those. Those again, those small details are like kind of what make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just uh, without it, without that attention to detail and that drive to make it sound like what it's supposed to be, it wouldn't wouldn't be yeah. that. You know. I got to take off. I got to go find my vocalist. <laughs> nice. You said you're recording some tracks. The vocals. Good yeah, good to try. It's, it's going to be interesting. For the ominous stuff? Yeah, I just like scratch tracks and it's going to record it here. Nice. But, you know, see how it turns out. But For ominous ruin, everybody, just to say it again, just LP you know, get the name out there. People might yeah. have not have heard this name because you guys put out your first album in 2021, right? Yeah, it's been yeah. a year and a week. You're what, what, what's the title of the of the album again? Amidst voices that echo in stone. Right, that's right. Amidst yeah. voices that echo. Super long. <laughs> no, I love it, dude. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. I got the poster up, up behind my drum set, sick. like the flag poster, super sick. Yeah. And I got the 
you know the t-shirt gave me like, nice yeah man. i love that shit Casey, yeah. thanks for having me on dennis it was super sick talking yeah, dude. thanks so much for hanging out man uh Hell yeah uh, I'm sure we'll 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 talk uh, in the future for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Pe- good. Real quick, people were asking in the chat earlier, like, what are some new bands that I can check out that it's like the next level kind of like after Spawn, like influence crazy shit. I just want to say it again. Check out Ophidi Ophidi and I from Iceland, and then Ominous Ruin, Alex's band, of course, like we just mentioned, oh, yeah. from uh, California. And uh, we'll to, we'll thanks for coming on, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. I, I definitely want to get out to, uh, you know, Sweden, that area. That'd be so <laughs> sick. Hell yeah. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, enjoying the, the tracks there. That's pretty good. I just, uh, it's I could just sit here and listen to this uh, shit, dude. It's so fucking awesome, this incursive stuff. Like all this, I got on my headphones, but yeah, um, dope. But yeah, Dennis, uh, what time is it in your? So it's three thirty here, so it must be twelve thirty there. Yeah. Oh, nice, awesome. Yeah. Sick man. Yeah. Well, I'm down to keep going if you want to. I uh, yeah. I invited well, others. To come on, we, but they. We can try to aim for a sort of a, you know running it up but you know I, i'm in a rush man and uh, i i just i'm just scared that we're, we're gonna bore the the listeners you know <laughs> oh, man. we got a bad comment on this uh i don't know what this person is here how do i oh block user nice oh i just figured this awesome thing out what was that what was the called comment? block user oh it was like a bad i don't no, want to read on. it nah, nah, nah. anyways yeah so dude let's talk about music more so dennis uh with this new shit so we uh getting in this retromorphosis kind of realm and uh so david asked earlier um about i say david the old guitarist from odious mortem the original um he was he's been on this a bunch and commenting a lot of fun he's the one who asked you about blade runner and shit my old friend dude. oh cool my yeah. oldest homies and went to high school together all that we started odious mortem together and shit and you know so He's great, dude. Old friends, and so um, we were talking about. He was asking about the like, how is like retromorphosis different, like from Spawn of Possession? Like, I know you kind of already touched on that, but like, concept wise, like not just musically necessarily, but like like lyric wise, or like any other things you want to say about it at all? Or oh, you know, I I prefer to keep all that shit. Keep it secret for now. Yeah, and it's cool. Yeah, I it, dig it, it. I dig it. I was just curious because he asked, and that's yeah, a good. That's a good point. Yeah. But but it's a it's a totally legit question. What, what in my mind, it's like when uh, when a band puts out a new record or something. I don't personally. I don't want to know anything about it when I get it. I I really want to dig in and make my own sort of you know uh, interpretations of it all. And to yeah. to be truthful, I I don't know about uh, retromorphosis in terms of like lyrical concepts i mean like i said jonas Jonas had a story he told me that i thought it was hysterical and he said yeah can we make a lyric of that i said fuck yeah like we can work that in for sure you know um but like it's too too soon um i have the tracks and i just haven't gotten into it in terms of music it's like i said like 
if you're expecting cabinet, octamulant, or incurso, you, you probably, again, will be disappointed. This is a different kind of vibe. It's a different, a different attitude. Years have gone by since Spawn was active. It, yeah, it, but I think I don't think they're going to be disappointed, dude. I've heard. I don't think either. I thought about it, and we touched on it a little bit earlier. Maybe. Um, it's this, like if Spawn got together with Pete Sandoval and like did like a. An, <laughs> I don't know, like I don't, I don't want to give it too much away, but I just think it's a different. It's dude, it's so good, dude. That's not. So it's, it's, it, it 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 might take a little bit more uh, listening than what you're used to. Maybe, yeah. you know, it's it's darker, it's down tuned even more. It's not in I don't know the tuning stuff. Yeah. Like not in, it's not in B. It's it's further down the trough. So oh damn, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this is dark. Like, and what I mean by the the Sandoval reference is like the way that I've heard the backing tracks, like kind of the more the drumming is more like old, morbid, like you've described. Not that I can play like Speed Sandoval, I didn't mean that, but what it just that that style that yeah. it's in, or or maybe it's not going to be at three hundred beats a minute, no. but it's going to be solid as that. You know, you're gonna that old school thing, you know, and yeah, it's not gonna be. Uh, it it, it it's that's not, not the goal of the project is to. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think more than ever that Jonas is looking for a vibe. Yeah. On this one. It's 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 gonna be a certain vibe, a certain feeling to it. Um yeah. So I you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It, it's just gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting, you know. I'm excited about it. And uh as as always with the lyrics, man, like anytime Jonas throws his riffs on the table and it's like how am I gonna do vocals on and he's like, what's the verse? You know, and I'm yeah. like, well it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really sound like a verse in terms of the vocals. I don't know what the fuck to do. But some way every time we we end up, you know, in a in a good place with it. Some every time it works when we, you know, actually when I sit down with it and talk about it and shit and then yeah okay I'll, I'll figure it out you know take some time yeah sometime. but it's gonna be sick man but i have to also mention like i have to say this like and and uh i wish the other guys was on the podcast you know uh but fucking you know i'm sure they're listening like you know anthony and 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 uh joseph and, and joe and uh, joel yeah for sure oh, yeah 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 uh because like when I was on the last time, at that time, there was like, everything was just stale. Like everything was like in some sort of lingo. Oh yeah, the COVID and stuff. Yeah, for sure. But I just say, man, like you guys fucking boosted that shit. Like you guys made it like, the day after I spoke to Henrik, I spoke to Rob and I spoke to Jonas. The day after the pod, not talking about the podcast, talking about, dude, like, what's happening, what's up, and everything, like, the gotten and fucking um, um, retromorphosis and everything. So that's when shit started to happen again, like, um, and, and, and like, cool. everyone was down, like, yeah, and they saw the podcast, and I, perhaps they, they got a little vibe from, from, like, the stuff that you were talking about, like, like with the cabinet and all that stuff like yeah yeah and it's not like 
and, and again, it's so interesting. Like I never ever underestimated fans or or took fans for granted. Like none of us did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was always that to like, like we're right. We can't like people said, look, write another cabinet. It's like, no, we're not going to listen to that. We're just going to do our thing. But the fact that you, that the way you guys express uh, the appreciation for what we've done was so like, was such a fucking boost, man. It was so, so warm. And I was like, dude, fuck. And uh, of course, like there's been pandemic and my kids have been sick and it was just like a billion of apologies. So like, a billion of reasons for all that stuff but we're not moving on but uh you know retro is definitely happening the begotten album that we talked about that i'm doing that i did with henrik like 10 more than 10 years ago it's gonna happen we're gonna we're gonna fucking release that so cool dude so yeah there are a few people out there that's gonna enjoy it you know um it's very brutal it's very uh unforgiving you know and tucked in its style and uh, um and we'll take it from there you know but it's definitely you know stuff is gonna that the, the stuff all that stuff's gonna happen for sure it's just a matter of time it's so cool you say that because for us like we have for us it feels like we've just been waiting years to tell you that that how we've been feeling about you guys as a band and, and, and everything like, you know, from 20 years ago, you know? So for us, like doing the podcast, like, like we started it kind of like just as a, obviously during COVID thing and stuff in 2020. Um, but we were just like, you know, like we, 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 we kind of talked about that, like, you know, like everyone did jokingly before it and all this stuff. And then we decided to go for it and and we had the deeds episode first. So that was kind of a launching pad. We're like, we better get into it. We better take this seriously. We better do it. And then we just, after that kept booking friends and we're like, I guess we're doing this. And, but um, for us, like getting you on the show and talking to you, even though I've talked to you like for years, like on like, I think MySpace and like email and stuff back in the day, but I never met you in person or anything. And I've never seen spawn. I, I missed that that early bloodletting tour super regrettingly i can't remember why i had to miss it but i wish i had saw seen you guys back then but um we had talked but i've I've never like until we did the podcast i've never talked to you in person or like gotten to know you like or seen you know like how we interact it's different this way and uh dude it was kind of fun because it was just like even though we've all kind of come from that same family like we've all been on unique leader and like done you know because i can on, on unique leader that was a family in a sense back then in, in, in the 2000s like that was a, a big deal for us and like for all the bands and uh unique leader was kind of that like eric you know rest in peace and that whole like all those guys mike hamilton and jacoby and all the guys that just made it happen with that whole thing and and just it was such a big deal for us and, and we, we we were like brothers like with, with all the bands and everybody on that but like we didn't even know you guys personally but it's like we were still connected you know and so like you know getting you on the podcast was so important to us and like because of your music what it meant to us and everything um so everything that we said was just like stuff we've been wanting to say for years and it was from the heart and like really important to us to like say that to you you know and so it was really fun how that like meant something to you and that came about other shit you know yeah, and I, that's really cool. There, there's a reason for that reaction too, from my on my part. 
because uh, I was, uh, I told the story not too long ago to a friend of mine. Like, I remember we played, uh, and this this happened quite a bit. Like, we played a show in, in, uh, in Long. We were flown out there to play a festival. And it was a big deal, and we were direct support. I forget what band. It was a big, big band that that was headlining. I forget who it was, but we were on this festival. So it was a big deal. Because we just started to get a name for ourselves. So they flew us out. They set us up. With like Everything was great. We got paid well, and everything was nice. So um, when we get there, there's, uh, there's they, the promoter comes up to me, and he goes, uh, this is someone who went, this, this uh, big reporter kind of guy wants to interview you and interview whoever. And I go like, okay. So uh, I'm like, okay. So we go to this uh, bar or something. We sit on this balcony and the guy puts up a, like a recording device, whatever. It's like, he put it on a table and it's like, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Like, sure, you can go for it. Buddy. And then he goes like, okay, so tell me about the band. And then he looks away, takes up his phone and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Okay, uh, tell him I answered the question. And then he'll, he goes, Oh, um, so uh, talk about the new album. And then some chick comes by and he goes, like, Ben Damatore starts speaking down to chick, not not to listen to, not a single fucking answer I get. You know what I mean? And I've been in this situation so many times mm-hmm. and I do it. Like, it's still like good press. And I'm sure there's fans out there that wants to know these things, but. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not applying that to your podcast in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I, again, like, that's just my personality. I become cynical about these things. Yeah, and, I get it, know, dude. Makes sense from what you're saying. The yeah. microphone in your face. I, we were in like Poland or something. And this like, dude, oh, here we go. Yeah, no, face. for sure. And then he's standing like that, like, blah, 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 blah. He talks to his friend. And yeah. Him. And then he goes like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So how was the show tonight? Blah blah blah. And he keeps going on in Polish. I think it was Poland. I don't know. Love Poland, you know. But it was like, <laughs> I was so like, "That's like, you even care about this shit? Like, do you know yeah, us?" Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, oh, for sure, man. Came on, and that sort of stuff, so stuff that I remember from back then. So when mm-hmm. I came on podcast and you guys was just bleeding out like all this giving us all these props and just being fucking so gracious about our music and um, yeah you know like all that stuff it, it was like it was a shock and i said that last time when i was on i was like i was blown away by like all that like like uh anthony was telling the story about he he found a demo that me was in san francisco and it's like it was a big deal to him and it's like six bucks or something. It was like a big deal. And to me, it's like, it's hard for me to digest that stuff. It really, mm-hmm. it, it is, you know, but um, I'm super, super thankful for it again. Like you guys rule. Like, yeah. Oh, thanks man. But I think that's like, that's why we, you know, that's why we make art and do stuff. Is that like when people like are like, Oh dude, keep doing that. Like, I want to hear more of that. Like it's, it's really important to us. It's like gold. You know, yeah. like to the average person that like, they might see our music, like that's really good. I like your music, whatever. But like to, as an artist to to create something that like people are like sick, like that's fucking real dude. Good job. Like fuck yeah. Like it's just yeah. like it's just like no better like compliment. Like it's like super cool. Mm-hmm. So 
you know and uh um i don't know it's it's just like that's so cool, cool cool man and like i just think that it's really important um we talk about the whole cali death scene and all that but whatever it's just west coast like that's where we're from so we talk about it from that angle but like to us and all the bands in this you know entire like area or state or whatever going all the way up in my experience in southern california and then of course you know northern california living in santa cruz and playing in decrepit and san francisco in that area but i'm back in southern california but like all over the whole time like we've always been super influenced by you guys and and the bands and necrophages and all the different kind of bands from different areas and stuff and like but like spawn of possession to us has always been like kind of our favorite you know that we've talked about that like you know we we're saying on that episode but i think that it's important that like the whole scene in california like that whole cali death scene and all i mean all the any technical death metal band from this whole i mean dude everybody's just like spawn of it's like we all love spawn of possession like there's no way you don't if you're into that scene like because you guys are and, and you're like the coolest too like it's like in a different way like like you're like i don't know it's like everyone's like oh i mean it's like it's what's the best of that era and all that kind of thing but like like joel says a lot it's just like spawns the best and stuff and i and i, I really do think like we, we were talking about like um and this might embarrass you but we were talking about like our favorite albums of like different like dec decades like what's the best death metal album of this decade like just going from all the angles like trying to just cut off all the fat like what so like in the 90s we're just like i don't know pierced from within is like the one i've always kind of chose you know but there's so many that are so great i mean like domination I mean, there's like a thousand other albums that are like 0.01 percent like just as good as that one you know but like in the 2000s like to me cabinet is the best death metal album in the 2000s like but that's just me i'm not saying i mean epitaph is like 0.01.9 like in like right there but there's just something about cabinet and i love noctambulant too and i love obviously incurso but just in, because incurso came out in 2012 so it's different yeah but, so but i'm just saying i haven't even thought about the 2010s i haven't even picked one yet you know could be in curso actually <laughs> it probably is actually dude honestly i think it is like i if there was a death metal album in the 2010s it'd probably be in curso too but i haven't even thought of it yet it's it's too too new for me but yeah definitely i i've already decided that and like chosen in my mind like yeah like my favorite death metal album of the the 2000s of you know from 2000 to 2010 is cabinet so that's just me but you know i mean but i'm just saying that i'm not i wouldn't even i wouldn't even if i was if i there was another one that i felt i would tell you honestly i'd be like nah you guys are like my favorite but this is my favorite but like it's dude i i'm not even like saying that for any reason that's true so that's the crazy part it's, well, it's I, I, I'm, just what I'm, it is you know? so what can i say man it's like i don't know it's so good it's so good dude that's all there is to you deserve the credit dude really what's real what yeah. really makes me like super happy also just not that fact is that uh in in like cabinet you know was not the most extreme record you know what i mean it's it's not the fastest one it's not you had dying fetus you had all these bands like can, can you read that dennis right there oh uh, that was so good old justin a agreed to case cabinet changed my 
there's some great comments for reading if you're an audio listener but yeah uh there's cabinet changed the landscape of the death metal scene and that is absolutely true 100 percent, i think so. thank you justin uh what can i say i mean but 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 what what i'm what i'm trying to say is that uh you, you know we talk about like um uh like Pearson within you know i always you mentioned it like it always comes off and yeah I said like one of the one of the cool things about that is that it, it's not a very fast album exactly it's it not the flash be. at all that makes it the best that's the insane yeah. part and what if we want to go no dude it's insane right yeah we, we talk about like every like every podcast episode of your podcast is like every time fucking uh you know sean gets mentioned and death and yeah every single oh. time now Think about something that I thought about. It's like the dude doesn't play a single blast beat on that record. And still he's regarded as one of the greatest death metal drummers of all time. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, to me, that's like, and I think Cabinet, again, like it's not a, like a ferocious, we talked about the Side Legion and that stuff. It's not a record like that. It's a completely different thing, you know. It's a completely different story. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, you know what I mean? It, it's a different thing. I know what you mean. Yeah. That's a, 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 like in my mind, like a lot of people would pick the most tech or the most mm -hmm. like racy drumming and shit, but you know, cabinet. And again, I, I remember I, I said this on the the last time we, we had, I was on a podcast. Spawn, we never talked about the, the tech stuff. Like Jonas, came with riffs and we would play it and that was that and yeah it was tech but it was it was you know maybe he had a, a a master plan in his head i seriously doubt it but it was it was just about you know writing good music that's interesting and it's fun to play and that sounds good and great songs and blah 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 you know and the fact that it reached like California and stuff like that was just amazing because again, again, we, I remember early it was like, who's going to be our audience? Not, not that we were like, okay, we got to find an audience. It wasn't like that, but it was like, who's going to listen to this business suite. And we felt like there's, we, like I said, we, we, we knew the few bands, very few bands. I'm talking like that were like playing some sort of American style death metal. So in my mind, it was like, we got to break it in the U.S. And when, when Eric, again, like Eric, and he was like, he, he said, I fucking love you guys. I want to sign you. And even then I was like, oh, he's probably just saying that. And then he said, when he, he put it up, and, and I remember I called the leader office and listened to the uh, answering machine. And it was Eric like, yeah, next, uh, he said something like, uh, um, on on the release schedule, Spawn Obsession. And he said, it was the first time I heard someone say Spawn Obsession in, in American. And it was a big deal. And I played it on, on the speaker like to everybody when we had practice. Like, listen to the speaker. But then still, I was like, yeah, well, you know. And then he, and I spoke to Eric and he said, um, yeah, there's a lot of guys out of here, that, you know, waiting for the record. Like, it's going to do well, dude. I remember he said, it's going to do well. Mm -hmm. And still, I was like, well, no. like, probably just saying that. Blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So, again, I'm 
I'm on the podcast and you guys just tell me all these stories and but I mean like did you so you've never heard of like spawn like the hype like I mean like it, it, I'm just curious like have you heard of how besides us like being so i mean obviously you've done tours and like you know you've you've been into it but like i mean like dude like fr from my angle and like you know growing up and stuff we it was like you guys were one of the top like i've, I've been saying so like do you 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 didn't feel that from your end is basically you, you were kind of just uh you know no, feeling that's crazy dude that's so trippy and um, even i mean on the early tours there would mm -hmm. be coming up like you know like uh i'm pretty sure like um what's his name sean from texas he used to play with a drum machine you know who that is oh, whitaker sean whitaker yeah sean oh yeah whitaker. for sure yeah insidious decrepancy right super super uber cool dude yeah yeah I, I bought a couple of guitars from him actually a couple of jackson guitars he's nice. like super coolest dude and i'm pretty Definitely. sure he's in Texas, he was like, you know, playing air guitar, watching, and just like getting into it. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and again, I was like, I had such tough time taking. But I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for the other dudes. Like, but like I said, like 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 Carlson, he didn't mention it. I'm pretty sure Nick doesn't. Mention it. I'm pretty sure Joel. Like, I'm pretty sure no one mentions it that we're in this band. And it wasn't until. Uh, we talked. We we touched on that on, on last podcast where we did in Curso and we sold out all these places and it was really cool and 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 uh, and Obscura was the headliner, but but at some point someone in Obscura said like you 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 have to take some credit for selling out some of these places because uh, there's a lot of Spawn Obsession fans here tonight and like like in London. We played in, uh, we, we went out to eat or something and we came back and it was a long, long line, like a long line. And to me, it was like, oh, they're here to see like all the other bands. In my mind, again, like being stupid, but then talking, then they came up at the merch. I, I was at the merch boot a lot and they came up and, and like I said, like people crying and shit. So that's when it's sort of right. You told us, yeah, that was yeah. People were just so stoked to see Spawn and just tears coming out, doing the live set and stuff in the audience, dude. That's fucking dope shit. I love that shit, dude. That was like, dude, Dennis. Uh, I want to ask you real quick about just like, I I have a concert moment that for me like was one of those moments where I almost, I mean, I probably did tear up a couple times. Yeah. Um, for you, besides seeing that, which was just so sick and powerful, and and you deserve that so much. Oh, sorry, there's some weather going on outside. I heard the door slam. Um, like, uh, what concert for you? So I'll, I'll say mine first, and then I want to ask you what concert for you like is when it stands out like a death metal concert that you were just like, oh my no. And so like for me, it was the one uh, when, when suffocation like the, when they first came back after their hiatus, like you know in the '90s, and then. I never got to see him and stuff. And then they came back. Uh, I don't know what year it was, 2002, 2003, something like that. Or they were back before, but I saw this tour with Morbid Angel and I went to see them and I'd never seen them before, you know? So I like grew up with suffocation in the high school and I just never got to see him. And so I was like, 
oh my god dude i'm gonna see suffocation like i was like so excited dude and like it was with morbid angel you know and my friend like my friend dan from odious like we went to this uh we went to house of blues at disneyland wow like, and it was like i think it was 2003 2002 either either year or maybe i don't think it was 2004 maybe it was but it was one of those years anyways um and uh you know we're walking around disneyland like goofy's corner like this whole thing what the hell then it's morbid angel suffocation show at house of blues right you know and uh we go in there and like we thought we were like early but it was like uh like we're, we're going and i uh i was just hanging out and then he wanted to go to the bar and stuff so he's like i'm gonna go to the bar and get a drink i'm like cool i'm just gonna hang out here and then uh like like right we hear like gin, 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 like and he's like over on the other side of the place and we hear and we're thinking it's like an opening band you know like cool and all of a sudden the curtain open is just like frank like all oh, right motherfuckers fucking frank and we're just like oh shit we've never seen suffocation before like we've just only heard them like for years and just like it was the most trippy moment like ever and he was like on the other side of the room and i'm like dude get the fuck over here what do you do you know it was just the that moment and then morbid angel played afterwards and pete sandoval and that was the only time i've seen him with pete wow yeah, and dude and it was like so i mean i've never actually seen him i've only seen morbid angel once it's weird but that was the only time but well, uh yeah what uh what tour was that for what album God, i don't know dude i mean it must have been souls to deny tour for, for suffo it, it was it was like their first tour back after yeah. the hiatus yeah and it was incredible. It was incredible. Dude. It was like the most like sickest moment ever. Like just, and then Dan was like, "Oh, I'm like, dude, get the fuck over here! What the hell?" We're just like going up to the front of the stage, and it was just seeing Suffo. Like I've never seen him. Like that's the guy on all those albums I've been hearing for years and piercing within. I've never fucking seen him, or I, I had met him yet, or obviously, you know, it was like I was like nineteen or something or something. I don't know. And so it was just like so trippy, dude. It was like. So what's your, do you have any stories like that for the well, shows and all? Or? Like I said, when we saw uh, Morbid Angel on the Covenant tour, that was in a final. Oh, that's book. right. Yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Probably. And, one. and you said Eric Rutan was playing guitar on that. Oh. And it was just like watching the riffs live, the way they were actually doing it was just, yeah. He, he was fucking shredding tray. What's and that live? Uh, that live morbid angel one in enchanted and dark what is that fucking one or what the hell is it called Any, oh, or entangled in chaos yeah Have no that? that's the, the live one right with eric rutan on it he was he was on that too because he he stayed on he he came in like as far as i know like covenant was a three-piece yeah and then they needed a fourth uh, member they needed another guitar player for the tour so they hired Eric Cruz and he was in Ripping Corpse so he right. joined and then what then when they went on and yeah. to do the next record Eric stayed and they made uh uh domination right and uh he left and Vincent left so and then they got Steve Tucker and they then they made formulas which do you do you remember Entangled in Chaos Dennis? Oh yeah sure that fucking lot i was gonna put i don't want to get in whatever put music on anyways but who knows with morbid uh but yeah <clears throat> that um entangled in chaos that live recording is like that's one of the most badass death metal recordings of all time and it's live yeah and it's like it's like is it after right after Do it's like 96 i think yeah it yeah was, oh, it's so sick dude yeah it was still when uh 
they had the, the, those members on. And then after that, they went on to make formulas. But in terms of live that's, right. that's super Ru hard. Ru Ruten wasn't on formulas, though. What was that? Ru Eric Ruten wasn't on formulas, though, right? No, no. He, but he, he was on He was on the one after, though, right? On a, on a get yeah, gateways. It, it, he was it, obviously on, yeah. He, he wrote one song, which I personally think is one of the best songs. Oh, the last ever. song on Gateways? Uh, yeah. There's a, again, we talked about that earlier in, in this podcast. Oh, that's where right. he, yeah, yeah. he just goes, he goes to blast with double bass, and he just doesn't let go. And they play for bar and bar and bar, and he just... Um, oh, Opening the Gates, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's the last song, Opening the Gates. I don't know. I don't think so. No, the last song is the one that has that sick Rutan solo. It's like obviously Rutan. And it's yeah. like that, that last song on Gateways is like the dopest song ever. It's Eric Rutan's song. That's his only contribution. I think that's his song, right? The, what? I think that's his song, that, that last song, right? Yeah, that's the last song. You're, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Totally, dude. <laughs> but but the opening the gates is the one where Pete goes nuts with the double bass. Right. Exactly. It's in the middle of the yeah. track. Yeah. yeah. You see, you know. But the last one, I forget what else one. It's called. I forget what it, it's. Well, it's an easy Google, but it's a, that's again. I agree with you. It's one probably my favorite. All of the record is the one that, that Eric wrote. And interestingly, like it's the same thing with the first Hate Eternal record. Oh, it's so great, dude. That, but that demo. So we were talking about that too. I was sending you that in our chat and Facebook. But that. That first Hate Eternal demo before, and we had Tim Young on here talking about it, it was so dope. That that demo, dude, and then that song. We were talking about that that song that never got released, right? The uh, Messiah of Rage. Yeah, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that song. Like, so what, I think that 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 Hate Eternal demo, well, that was recorded in '96, I think, wasn't it, or '97 around? I think it was. Pretty I went early. Angel on the. I'm pretty sure the formulas tour and eric was on there as a touring member yeah. he was on the album but he was on the tour and on the the merch the merch booth they had taped the hate eternal like so you could order it and eric would send it oh, to you. shit no way really i spoke to eric at the show and i said okay so who's on this thing and he goes like well it's alex webster it's doug cerrito and i was like what and then he said tim young and i said Who's Tim Young? And he was like, "Well, he's he's uh, he's he's the new Pete Sandoval," and I was like, "Whoa!" And uh, yeah, it was just like crazy, and and that record was insane. I found it, yeah. But like, I'm pretty 97. sure. Ninety-seven. It says ninety-seven, but that's just on the YouTube. It's probably ninety. It's probably earlier. It's probably just some data yeah. now. But I remember, like, uh, it's so funny when I think about like on the tours we played, like. Called some, he would have that uh, that first uh, Hate Eternal album on his shirt, like for the whole tour, oh, and yeah, would have like decrepit, like the decrepit logo because we did the trade with these guys and everybody had yeah trade. yeah send each other shit yeah it's, totally it's like who's gonna wear what and Nick had decrepit and yeah. some vile and you know I tried to switch it around but who cares I'm the drummer who's gonna watch the drums for sure <laughs> totally. But I just remember Carlson was had the Hey Eternal shirt on because that, and there's a song on there that Sarita wrote that's called, uh, and I love all Eric Rutan's stuff, don't get me wrong, but he had a song called Spiritual Holocaust. Oh, yeah, that was one of Sarita's. The drums, the fucking, the, yeah. 
Oh, I love that. That song. sounds insane. Yeah. And you can totally hear the Suffo vibe in, in the riffing. Yeah. But one song I wanted to say, just to say it again, is that song Messiah of Rage. Yeah. So if you type in like Hate Eternal demo, it's like from 97. That song Messiah of Rage. I don't know where that song went, dude. I don't think it's on any album. I don't know. It's such a sick song to me. I don't know. So I, all the other songs I can recognize, you know, from other albums and stuff. But that one, I don't know why I didn't. Anyway. Yeah, it's a really good song, I think. Yeah. I'd put it on, but, you know, this isn't Curso. We'll talk. No, yeah. no reason to put it on. But, yeah, man. Um, good stuff, buddy. Well, uh, shit, gone four hours, dude. It's been pretty awesome. <laughs> good shit, dude. I can keep going, but uh, maybe we should wrap it up here. And uh, I, I want to make sure I end this correctly. I'm trying to learn this new platform because Joel set it up and he's not here. But um, I guess... Uh, yeah, totally, dude. Um, like, like, uh, my, anybody who's who's still listening, um, like I spoke to uh, Jonas, uh, you know, going on the podcast, and and he said uh, he 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 will definitely do it. Uh, he didn't want to do it right now. Oh, he for sure, dude. No worries. Whenever he's he's it because um, I guess he wanted to have more, uh, you know, more to say about new stuff. Yeah. No, well, dude, it makes sense totally. Yeah, but he he definitely has more shit to say. I have I have to say that uh, we're doing uh, in speaking about the anniversary, we're yeah. doing with metal. Um, shit, what? Um, I forget what it's called. That's embarrassing. Um, well, I spoke to this guy, uh, Metal Injection. Oh, the Metal Injection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're doing this big thing, and nice, uh, dude. Yeah, named Austin Weber. He's doing it. So, if cool. you're interested in more trivia about uh, Incurso, for sure check it out. He he writes a column for that, and um, Erlen has chipped in his take on it. Um, Jonas has done it. I have done it, and I'm pretty nice. sure has too. So there's going to be, and I'm pretty sure like uh, the producer actually added some notes to it. So if you want to know more about um, that, uh, be on the lookout. I think, I forget the date of it. Uh, it's going to be right before the actual anniversary date, which is the 13th. This is like, it will be yeah. at least the 10th or the 11th or something like that. But uh, it, it's going to be a sick read for sure. Like, And he did he did the same thing with uh, Cryptopsy for one of their records, like some anniversary it was a really good read. I highly recommend it. You know, nice. it, even if you're not into like the band, it's just fun to read stuff like that, like trivia about the studio and whatever, you know. So um, doing that, you know, for Incurso. And hopefully, like, the plan is like, uh, we'll be back soon with Spawn guys on, on the Cali De Death podcast. And Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've been talking about it behind the scenes but we're ready for when you guys are ready so we'll have you back on it sounds great so thanks again dennis for coming on man that was super fun did a nice uh four hours and 10 minutes it was a pretty good marathon today on a nice saturday for me uh 4 11 p.m and in sweden it is what 1 11 p.m yeah. a.m nice <laughs> we'll get some rest my friend that was really fun dude love you dennis Thank you, Good love times, you, buddy. Thanks, and, thanks uh, for listening. 
That's awesome. Thanks for all the listeners. Thanks again for coming out, guys. And uh, we'll see you again on the next episode next Thursday. And uh, have a great uh, weekend. Peace. Yeah.